I am Grant Gustin. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce. Hi, this is Brandon Routh, a.k.a. The Adam. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening to The Flash Podcast. To Supergirl Radio. The Legends of Tomorrow Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we're live at Mixer.com slash DC TV podcast uh, for the massive podcast crossover for the Arrowverse Arrowverse Crisis on Earth X that aired just that night. Uh, this massive podcast crossover will cover Quiver doing our podcast, the Flash podcast, Supergirl Radio, and Legends Tomorrow podcast. So it's it's one big show with a lot of a lot of people. So, first of all, my name is Adam Abide. I am the host of the Flash Podcast. And if you're new to these live shows, welcome. We're so happy to have you. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. We're so happy to have you with us. And I'm joined by a lot of awesome people. So, first of all, let's start with the people from Quiver to be on our podcast, Michael Cohen and Amanda Conkin. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Andy. This is so fun. I'm excited to to finally be on one of these with everybody from DCTV to talk about something awesome, which we don't often get to do on Quiver. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you were able to join us this year. I know last year you guys were busy recording uh, your uh, your 100th episode of Air, uh, Quiver doing our podcast. So, but we're glad you were joining us this time. Uh, from Supergirl Radio, we have Rebecca Johnson. How are you doing tonight, Rebecca? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about this crossover. So 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 are we. And from Letters from Our Podcast, we have Kat Kalmia. How are you doing tonight, Kat? How's it going? Uh, uh, part of the this the disorganized podcast that we <laughs> we love being we love being the misfits that the legends actually are. So we're representing. Where's <laughs> <laughs> my awesome P from the Flash Podcast, Andrew Dice and Brittany Revere? How are you guys doing tonight? So ready to talk about the crossover. I am I am as excited as every universal incarnation of Oliver Queen isn't. <laughs> did you prepare? Excited. Did you did you did you did you prepare for that joke? Like it seemed, it seemed I did I did not. I did not. I definitely okay. did include a line about how Oliver is brooding on every earth in an article I wrote today. So look for that <laughs> soon. Well except for Earth Smallville. That that Oliver pretty he's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, but um yeah, we're going to be, we're so glad that we have so many listeners in the live chat. I think we have over, oh damn, 70 listeners. Oh God, you guys went up while I was talking. Uh, so we're so happy to have you with us. And uh, for everyone who's listening, please make sure that you share the link on social media and hit the heart in the chat because, you know, find, show us some love. Uh, before we get into the episode, I do have to give a special shout out to uh, some of our network contributors who, if you guys saw the promo we released last you guys know who it comes from. It comes from David Jones, Mike Schmidt, and Jeff Tasca, who together, they put together something really awesome with a little inspiration from Just Leave the New Frontier. And yeah, like being in a group chat with them, just seeing their progress, 
it, that was just a lot of fun. So big shout out to them, uh, with, uh, to those three awesome gentlemen, and uh, we thank we thank them for their awesome work as always. And if you haven't seen, you can just see on our YouTube channel DC Podcast and and um, and so on because it's it's pretty damn dope. Hopefully you guys also spotted the Wonder Woman. And nod we gave to Sarah because we were trying to figure out a pose for Sarah to do. So David said, "How about if she just kicks someone's, like kick someone like the way Diana did it in the movie?" I'm like, "Go for it! People will love it." So excellent stuff. But with that said, we're going to be covering Christ on Earth X, the massive Arrowverse crossover that covers episode eight of each of these shows of their current seasons. As of course you, you guys probably know. This is going to be spoiler-filled, so if you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing in the chat, but I, we're still happy to have you. But still, you should probably watch the crossover first before, you know, listening to us, because we're not we're not holding back any spoilers. Like, if I say that, you know, Snape kills Dumbledore, then, you know, that's too bad for you. I'm just saying. Um, I am... I have not seen all the Harry Potter movies, so... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> um, you should probably you should probably figure that one out, Kat. Um, maybe you should see the movies. You ne- wait. I did mean, you never? Did you really never I'm, see the movies? I, I've only seen four, but I really don't mind the spoiler. <laughs> okay. Well, well, it's not a spoiler because it's been over ten years now. So I mean, hashtag not my problem. A pretty big spoiler, but whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, let's discuss Christ on Earth X, and I just want to get first of all. Let's just start with general impressions and thoughts about it uh, as a whole. And uh, let's start with uh, with the group of people. What did you guys think of Christ on Earth as a whole? Just f- first impressions. Amanda, you go first. Oh, okay, sure. I had so much fun. And I haven't had this much fun watching TV in a really long time. I actually dreamt about the show after watching the first two parts <laughs> and was so excited for the next parts. And that hasn't happened to me in a really long time, especially with a CW show. Um, and I just felt like I was getting so much of the same stuff with Arrow. And it's just been so nice. Also, I mean, if you listen to Quiver, you know that I've stopped following a lot of the other shows. And I'm just catching up um, really with season two of Supergirl and season two of The Flash. And I haven't watched barely any of Legends, but I know enough about the characters to really enjoy seeing them all come together. Um, and, and get to actually dive back into these characters who I've, I actually haven't seen in a really long time. Um, so that was great for me. Also, I was really bummed because I'm reaching the end of season two and I hear that Monel leaves and the fact that Monel's back in Supergirl <laughs> is so exciting for me. And I know that that's <laughs> unrelated, to, it's unrelated to the rest of the crossover, but it was like a great way to sort of start me off on a really good note where I was like, ah, Monel. So on, Super, on Supergirl Radio, we would call you Mon Positive. Oh yeah, yes. on the the Monel sliding scale, exactly. you're Mon positive. So I appreciate that. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, it was just a really fun time, um, and I was really proud of particular. I mean, I always look at how Arrow is going to stack up against the other shows because I know that there's all really strong things about all of them. And I was actually really, I think it was a really good choice for them to choose uh, James Bamford to direct this one. I think he did an awesome job, um, like of that portion of the of the crossover and the fact that they were all so integrated i know that we've been asking for that for a really long time so it was literally like four hours of television that we got to watch all as one episode and it was just i i was so excited and i mean i was i'm not an elicity fan so take that for what it is but whatever it didn't it's not people have talked me out of it out of i was initially really really mad at how this whole thing ended but then people are like get over it and i was like okay fine so I'm over. Well, let's see if you let's see if you survive this hour, and then we will discuss. Yeah. Mike, how did you, Mikey, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's it's any surprise to anybody that um uh, that this was that this was incredible and awesome. The the promos leading up to it, 
everything seemed to indicate that they'd finally figured out um, how to do this. And they, and I think one of the biggest things is that they did listen to the fans. And I think that the fans, um, I, we said loud and clear last year, especially in regards to Arrow, this, the disjointed, um, sort of half hearted crossover aspect, uh, of last year's crossover and the, and the one the year before, um, that that's not what we want. What we want is like, we don't care about the con, not necessarily continuity, but the, the story progression of our individual seasons when this happens. It is about the team needing to come together because the threat is bigger than any one of, of their crews can handle, right? Um, and, and the fact that they, that they built it all around, uh, Barry and Iris's wedding, I think is the perfect, um, very, classic comic book way to get all the heroes in one room um without it being a weird contrivance like everybody like a like some sort of a reunion or something like that it's like no this is a very logical reason for all of these characters to come together that ties into the 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 story of the flash and where that's going um and definitely like picks up some of the other storylines um, and and peppers them throughout as subplots and so everybody got their due everybody got what they needed and I think the biggest thing is that coming off of Justice League a couple weeks ago which for me personally was a huge disappointment just um, not what I wanted absolutely not what I wanted um, coming in to this I tweeted last night. Uh, the CW Super Friends greater than the DCEU Justice League, and I uh, like in every imaginable way. The only thing that the Justice League has over uh, these shows is budget, and and even then, that is the least relevant thing to me in terms of of the storytelling and what they managed to pull off with this. Um, you had years to put together justice league and that was the best you could do uh with two directors and who knows how many producers and huge star power and then here's the cw (laughs) in a couple of weeks filming an incredible four hour uh crossover story that quite honestly puts the dceu and this might be controversial, but even some of the MCU stories that they've done to shame, uh, they really, really knocked it out of the park with this one. And uh, that's incredible considering how many characters there are. Uh, w- this morning we got the, the Infinity War trailer for, for Avengers, and, uh, and, and I watched it, and I was like, yeah, it's a really cool trailer, but I'm pretty sure that the CW just did that over the course of two nights earlier this week um and uh and and you know it's it's sort of apples to oranges but i'm just it's cool for dc to have a win in their column for once to be able to say say hey we did it first we brought together every hero that we could bring to bear on this and uh and we pulled it off and uh and you know i'm not an elicity fan either but um i'm just happy that now we finally have uh, a closure to to the will they won't they of that let them be married and let's not t- 
talk about it again in terms of like you lied to me i don't trust you you're a bad person you're a good person i don't care right like like let's leave that all out of it they're married now let's just move forward (laughs) with whatever's going on on arrow instead of worrying about the relationship drama or let somebody else have some relationship drama but but felicity can give it a rest and just be happy for once so that's my feelings on it overall awesome Awesome, Kat. Let's go. To, let's go to our only Legends of Tomorrow po- podcast uh, host for tonight. Uh, what did you think of uh, overall imp- thoughts and impressions of the crossover? Well, shout out to Amy and Morgan. We got to give a shout out. Um, <laughs> yes, we do miss uh, you, um, Amy. Amy, break a leg if you're listening to this later, because Amy is getting be- prepared for her big, uh, big play this week. So, uh, yes. everyone, go wish her some good luck at Amy underscore Marina seven, and uh, I think she will appreciate it. But what were you going to say, Kat? So. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I've had problems with, obviously, the previous crossovers. I think we all have. But it was just fun. And I was surprised how much stuff happened for all the shows. I feel like this was necessary to watch also, uh, which I thought was very important. Um, and I have to say, Legends kind of rocked it. Because <laughs> um, you, you had that, I, feel, I believe it was the second crossover, which had the, the Legends connection. And they failed in all areas with the vandal savage stuff and to have that jackson stein uh, scene was amazing and probably the saddest moment and maybe the best moment we've had in any of these dc tv shows in my opinion i think they both actors really rock that and obviously we'll talk about that more um but yeah i just i just had fun there was a nice surprises there are things we didn't know about and that's always great especially for superhero stuff where even in comics, things get spoiled before they're released, and especially the TV and movies. So it's nice just to have some nice uh, surprises here um, and just have fun. Now, I, I think the only hiccup I really had was the villains. Um, I feel like they could have fleshed them out a little bit more. But at the same time, they weren't as bad as, as the Dominators or any other villains we've seen in DCTV. I just feel like things could have been fleshed out a little bit more. But I like the whole doppelganger thing. I thought that was really uh, well done. Oh, gangbanger. Gangbanger. <laughs> sure. Because um, that's what it's called. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say. Uh, Thea. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I definitely always want to talk about Thea. I was disappointed she wasn't in it. And I guess that goes into the Olicity thing. Um, I didn't quite love the ending. I didn't hate it either. I was just like, all right, why? why this kind of feels out of place in some ways. But at the same time, it makes sense. Everyone's here. We we have to have the wedding. So um, it made sense. But I, I kind of wish that Thea was there, especially. I think she was the most important member. To see that wedding, uh, I would have liked. And, and just in general, would have been nice to have Thea. Because I, I really liked her in the last crossover. She is one of my well. She is my favorite character of the DC TV universe. Uh, but yeah, I, I just had fun with it. It was it was good. Rebecca, what did you think uh, as a whole? It's funny because uh, when I, I I want to say like it was fun, but the crossover was very serious. It had a lot of serious elements to it, like Nazis and taking over the world. And uh, just all around bad people. So uh, I I enjoyed it. And there were some fun elements. But what I was really surprised by was how seriously they took 
that aspect of it, the the serious real world situations in there. They they dropped the pink triangle stuff in there in the Nazi concentration camp, which was a real historical thing that went on. So I, I really enjoyed that aspect, and I thought the four episodes of the crossover had consistent tones, uh, consistent intentions in the way that they wanted to tell the story, and I was really impressed by that. Um, I also thought it was really well written in terms of all the characters having a through line throughout all four episodes. They all had their own storylines. You had Supergirl versus Overgirl. You had the Elicity stuff, the West Allen stuff. Uh, Even Sarah and Alex had a little storyline that they were dealing with, and the Jackson Stein stuff. I was remarkably... Uh, surprised by that because I am a listener of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, but I don't watch the show that has been noted on Supergirl Radio many, many times. But uh, so I don't know much about Jackson Stein's relationship. And so when I was watching the crossover, I was like, I'm really, I'm really into this. I was surprised by how much I was drawn to that. So uh, there were a lot of good things that they were doing with the characters and the storylines, and I thought it was really well written. Up until the end, like the last five minutes just sucked out all the air (laughs) from the crossover for me. But for the most part, I thought it it handled all the doppelgangers well. It handled the storylines well. And I really appreciated the tone and the way they they took it seriously. So I I thought thought they did overall. I thought they did a really great job. Let's go to my Flash podcast peeps. Uh, Andrew, what did you think? I thought that this was... I, I my, my thoughts on it are really split between the two nights. I don't know if that's going to be a common thing, but for that first night, I found myself thinking about 25 minutes in that this is exactly what I wanted from the previous crossover, which I think ended up not really landing for me because it was kind of... I think it... More than one person has spoken to it. It it was really like just setting things up so that we could have action scenes or, you know, you like looking at these characters. So let's put them all in one place. And now they're all in one place. And that's so much more fun. But I thought that everything from the premise to, yes, the direction and uh, maybe just the tone of everyone having more fun from top to bottom you know we're gonna go over to a world to see Barry and Iris get married like the superhero wedding is a good you know premise to just have fun and (laughs) maybe it's like be careful what you wish for because then when the action kicked in I thought the action was great and it was some of the best that I think I've seen uh arrow characters in in a while and really i thought just made everybody look good uh made every character seem powerful and have agency and be effective and i thought that was fantastic and then it was it was a nice treat but it is kind of like oh you you already had me sold on them just talking to each other so i would have almost been okay if the first night had been you know 70% exploring these interpersonal relationships that we're reminded of you know they they share a lot sometimes they can get a little bogged down in their own melodrama in their own corners that having them come together and realize characters do get along that we'd forgotten about that's always nice so i could have done with maybe a little bit more of that on the on the first night but it was great um for the second night it really got into the we are going to see this plot through uh kind of thing which was still fun and i don't like have any bones to to pick with people who who enjoyed seeing that stuff um 
a lot of that might be the the political climate of the day but uh i thought that all of the characters were really well served i didn't think anybody came out really missing out other than characters that simply were not here but uh no i thought it was a ton of fun maybe maybe next time uh I'll just be prepared to uh, to have fun with with people sleeping with each other and high fiving and Mick falling asleep, and now I'll have a better idea of what to expect from the next time and just enjoy it that much more. Wendy, what do you think? Uh, I loved it. I had so much fun. Just I really enjoyed it. I don't. I love just like seeing all the characters together, and it's just like when you know they're all friends off screen. It always makes it that much more fun because you get to see them interact and stuff. But I do kind of agree with some things that have been said before. I definitely agree with Andrew that um, I'm, I tweeted this, but I'm like a huge Hydra fan, like Hail Hydra, love it. Like the, you know, that whole Hail Hydra meme that came out after Captain America Civil War, I will, you know, never stop retweeting that meme if I see it. But like, and so I'm like a person that's like, I can definitely separate real Nazis and fake Nazis. However, it was really surprisingly hard to like see these characters like as Nazis, like, Kara is so different as like Nazi Kara and Oliver's like pretty much the same, just like in love with, like I don't know, just in love with, and wearing red instead of green. I don't know. I did I mean I love I love Stephen Mel, no hate there, love him to death. But like it was just really like oh, I think the thing that hit me the most I was like fine with Overgirl and Dark Arrow, but the thing that hit me the most was when Lance showed up. Because when I was watching Arrow, like I was a hardcore Lance like fangirl, like love him, like you know, he and Thea are, like, two of the things I miss the most about not watching the Arrow shows, the Arrow show, and just seeing him as, like, a evil Nazi about to, like, firing squad all the heroes was, like, whoa, this is a lot, and this is super heavy, and it was just hit me a lot harder than I expected, but at the same time, it was, like, they had these, like, really, they're, like, they had moments where, they're, like, yes, we're in a concentration camp, and we're talking about how, you know, people were, prosec- like, persecuted, and then, oh, wait, but at the same time, we're, like, having fun and like mick is just watching caitlin turn to killer frost and like going gaga over her and like it was just like there was so many it was just like a very crazy roller coaster uh but i enjoyed like i did enjoy it i will say i liked that it wasn't like i forgot like which show was on at some points i was like is this the arrow part of the show is this the flash part of the show i think except legends legends i felt like okay this is a legends episode yeah, I think I think during the Flash episode, I was like, wait, this is the Flash part, and we literally haven't seen Barry or Iris, like, this entire time. Like, I do wish, that's what I think my only, one of my few complaints with the crossover is that, like, it was supposed to be focused on Barry and Iris' wedding, and there was a good chunk of time where I was like, where, where's the last time we saw Barry? Like, where, what's he up to? Like, he would just, like, like run in, like, boom, boom, like save people and then run back out. Like, it, he, it wouldn't, he didn't really have as, as a substantial storyline as, like, Oliver did. And I feel like Oliver gets a lot of crossover, like, meat. And so I would have liked to see, like, why couldn't we have Nazi Barry? Like, where was, I mean, like, okay. I because guess we cool. would stabbed our Barry for a whole season. <laughs> I don't think we could have dealt with another evil. Like, <clears throat> well, could you imagine how bad his hair would have been? Well, I think the, the character out of the trio who got the least is honestly Supergirl. Because she was in that, she was, like, stuck to a table for, like, an yeah. episode. So <laughs> I, I think yeah, Supergirl I think got turn. the least love. They took, definitely took turns, like, shelving characters, because then Cisco was knocked out for, like, an entire episode, and then, like, everyone just took turns, just not, I guess everyone had to sit out one episode or something, so. What I did Adam, it. where was the Adam on everything? Is that just a contract thing that he couldn't be on any other show besides Legends? Because that was the one big gap for me. 
They so were he like, was there, like, but he was like, hiding. They were saying, they were like, we can't have more than one guy named Ray. It's going to confuse everybody. This one out, bro. Roy, Honestly, Ray. that's probably true. They probably said, hey, Ray doesn't have as much the dues. If we have two Rays, that's just going to get really confusing. I can actually see them saying that because he I mean, was like, invited to the wedding. I don't think. Yeah, like he was he was friends with Barry, wasn't he? You know, like he uh, was on that show. Like, I mean, I he was like bigger he friends should've... than Heat Wave, so <laughs> I don't know how. Right? He- yeah him like sitting it. next to us saying and his husband was just like oh so good i for me i i mean i you guys have pretty much had uh, uh some of the thoughts i was having i am um, i mean i will say that i definitely think this is their best crossover but i think it's also the one that has the most glaring issues which kind of you know gives a good picture of what the errorverse kind of states what the state of the errorverse kind of is at this point but no but this was a lot of fun i uh, like the thing is also like, because i try to keep my experience very low when it comes to oh but just because all these characters are here doesn't mean that all of them are going to be featured in all these parts so like i think like half of the legends team didn't show up until the le- you know the, the final hour which i mean that was also kind of strategic in a good way because they were kind of backup but then you know there was some p- p- moments where like we, we we know that wally's in it but then I mean, he had this cool action scene, but then he was pretty much gone for the whole episode because Barry had to baronize him again, being like, no, you go take care of our our, our, our family, and then I just do all the thing. Even though I'm... Sh- Joe is pretty good... Joe West is pretty good with a gun, just saying, so I think he can take care of himself. But, um... No, but this was, you know, this was definitely a lot of fun. I, you know, I had a time to... I got a time to actually rewatch the whole thing this morning. Uh, and it's... Uh, I really hope that they, on the Blu-ray DVD release, they make sure that they put up all the episodes... I mean, they edit all the episodes into one, like, giant-sized thing. Or that they sell a separate Blu-ray DVD for the crossover with all the features, stuff like that. And so, because... I think last year, they didn't even, like, put the, the each respective crossover episode together on all of the DVDs together. So it was kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to buy all these. Uh, if you want to give it for free, make, give it to me for free, I'm totally cool with that. But, uh, but let's jump into the, the, the Earth X doppelgangers. We had a lot of villains and also a few heroes. So um, let's start with you, Rebecca. What, what did you think of the doppelgangers from, from Earth X? Did you have, who were your favorites? Who were your least favorites? Well, I definitely liked Overgirl. It was nice to see. I, I always enjoy seeing like a, a dark mirror for Kara. We got to see a little bit of that on Supergirl with the red K Kara, and she she was a big standout in in that season. So it was nice to see Melissa get to play something a little different. And I thought she was great. She was commanding, and she uh, she did not care for the lives of other people, and she really stuck that in earth one Kara's face and i really really liked that um i would agree that the earth x oliver was not that much different from the regular oliver that we all know uh so i thought that that was really interesting that he he i guess in some ways in some of the line readings that he did he he was a little more aggressive but i didn't see much uh, different uh, difference there i did notice i i haven't uh, seen much of Reverse Flash on Legends of Tomorrow, so I don't know if Tom Cavanaugh was playing it as the other actor has played Reverse Flash previously, but I noticed that Tom Cavanaugh was really, like, ramping up the campiness of everything. Uh, so I, that really stood out to me, that he, he he seemed a lot 
campier than what I had seen on the Flash uh, previously. But uh, yeah, I thought the uh, doppelgangers were handled really well, and it was it was cool to see all the reveals of when they, like I think the Supergirl episode ends with the reveal that the 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 Nazis are the doppelgangers of our characters, and so I thought that that was a great way to do that. So I enjoyed seeing the uh, the evil flip of them, even though sometimes yeah it was a little hard to watch, but I, I thought the performances were pretty good. Kai, what about you? Yeah, I, I think all the doppelgangers except Oliver, just because he did seem like the same exact character. Uh, I, I love Supergirl. People were talking about evil lipstick Supergirl uh, in the comments. <laughs> lipstick on point. Uh, yeah, I mean, Melissa just was able to play evil, but kind of, you know, um, she plays in a way, kind of Batman 66 in a way, too, but not too over the top. I think she did a good job at... Uh, kind of um balancing balancing that not being too corny but also not taking herself too serious as evil supergirl um and uh i really loved tommy reveal i thought that was really good because i didn't see it coming so i i really enjoyed that i know a lot of people thought colton haynes would be the the character you know roy would appear i'm glad it was tommy and i i really liked what they did with that story um and then Captain Cold. Um, I I wish that was the Captain Cold we kind of got in Legends in the last season because we were all very dis- well at least on the podcast we were very disappointed with uh, that Captain Cold. And I believe I think it's one of the Rachels uh, in the comments who who used to call. So many Rachels. Uh, yeah, there are so many Rachels. You used to call uh, Leonard Snart Leo. So that was really funny that we kept hearing Leo. He kept calling himself Leo. So that kind of brought flashbacks to uh, season one of Legends. Uh, but I, I really liked him. I thought he had, he had, again, he, he was kind of the mustache twirling type character, Batman 66 vibe, but I think they played it better as him, as the hero. Um, he had more depth here. And, and obviously that was especially because his relationship with Ray, uh, and when, uh, I thought that was a nice surprise of, of the doppelgangers. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Jimmy dying, how, that was sad. Um, he had a little bit of scruff for some uh, reason. Uh, James, <laughs> I like the, let's, I like let's put, put some James respect, put some respect on his name. I'm sorry, and he actually sorry, he okay. actually had a, a cool shield. Uh, I think that should be pointed out that Guardian on Supergirl he he just has a really bland like gray silver shield, and in this one he had this cool shield that popped up the American flag. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, no, uh, justice for Jimmy. Justice for James. Justice for he Jimmy. Needs, he needs to make it through a crossover, <laughs> or like, yeah. or at least you know maybe Martian Manhunter. But you know, but hey, I mean, I mean, he was know. he was in the episode. I thought he wasn't going to be in it at all. He just wasn't like you know <laughs> Martian Manhunter, but he he was in it. We saw him and Monel's stupid face for like a second. You had more scenes with them than Thea, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um, Quiver people, what? Did, who were your f- favorite and least favorite uh, Urfex doppelgangers? Well, um, <clears throat> I I really liked the reveal of Tommy. Uh, I thought that was a that that was a really great twist. Um, I think it was also a little bit of an, a bit of an acknowledgement of of whether it was the fan theory or the going uh, theory that we have on Quiver is that um, uh, Chase was never supposed to be Prometheus. He was yeah. supposed to be the vigilante because in the comics, Adrian Chase is the vigilante. Like that's, so Michael, that, Michael, Michael. Arrow yep. following comics. That sure, doesn't okay. sound right. <laughs> but I, I, to us, we we've always felt that that they that they made a call 
halfway through the season when everybody had figured out who the vigilante was and I think also figured out who Prometheus was that they decided to to switch it on us because they could um and I I am of the mind that that absolutely it was originally supposed to be an alternate earth Tommy and I think that it it almost would have worked even better if Prometheus being revealed as as Earth X Tommy in uh, in last season of Arrow leading into this crossover would have been even better like that that can you imagine if if that had happened and we didn't know what the crossover was we didn't know that tommy was from earth x we just knew he was from another earth he escapes at the end of the season and then comes back in this one in the crossover that would have been incredible right but in any case that's that's a that's a uh, what could have been um but having him just show up at all um, mm-hmm. I, I think for Arrow fans, um, that because we haven't seen him since I think the last time we saw him would have been in season two and one of the flashbacks, maybe season three. They did a season three during the Hong Kong. Kong. Yeah, it was yeah. a Hong Kong flashback. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the last yeah. time that we saw Colin Donnell on the show, and so it was really cool to see him back again. Um, I I actually really liked the the um, Fuhrer Oliver. I thought that that was a really cool twist on it. I I think that 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 um, that dichotomy, not dichotomy, but sort of the way that they played Ollie off of evil Ollie and showing that, like, because Ollie's such a dark character already, um, that, uh, that, that, yeah, there isn't that much of a difference. And, and so in the moment towards the end of, of the, the crossover, when, when they're like, what's the plan? And he's, well, he's going to do this. And then somebody goes like, well, how do you know that? And then Ollie goes, cause that's what I would do. And if they had if they had done what they did with Supergirl and Overgirl, that wouldn't have worked. He wouldn't have been able to say that because it would have been like, well, but he's the opposite of you. But instead, because it's like he's still Oliver Queen, he's just <laughs> the Nazi version of Oliver Queen. What makes him tick is still what makes him tick, which I think is very similar to um, if you put Batman against Owlman, right? In when when you have the Earth three characters going up against against the justice league it they do that a lot where it's like okay one is evil and one is good but batman and owlman operate in the exact same way right so being that ollie is the the cw version of batman i i think that they nailed that aspect of it um mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 i really like this turn on snart i thought that he was a lot of fun um he's always fun he was great on legends but but yeah they did crank it up they cranked it up and he was even more um ridiculous than he's been in the past and he's had some pretty crazy one-liners and moments and that sort of thing um and i just i loved the um the the sort of casual aspect of uh of 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 his relationship with ray and uh and Mm -hmm. the fact that like the show didn't stop to address it. It wasn't a big deal. It was just a part of that character. It was definitely um, there's there's that beat with with Ray in the in the concentration camp, but then the reveal of it being Snart is like that's not like like we don't even care like like let's just move like, we're moving with the story. That's just part of the story, and I thought that was handled really well and that was really cool. Um, yeah, and, so much yeah. Great representation. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I did find it a little bit confusing with uh, with Thawne, with Eobard. It's like, okay, is he, wait, is he Earth-1 Eobard, but just yet another, I, I, what do they call them when, when they duplicate themselves? Oh, time remnants. 
yeah, time remnant. Is he yet another time remnant? And but this, he's a time remnant of the the Wells Thon, or like, it, or is he supposed to be Thon from that Earth? And it's it was a little bit confusing. And I think the first night, and then in the second night, it it became a lot more clear that oh, this is just Aobar Thon. Like that's he's just back again. And because he's Thon, he's just like oh Nazis, whatever. I'm just gonna change my logo a little bit and add a little mask onto my existing mask, right? Um, so it, that was a little confusing. But at the end of the day, I. Tom Cavanaugh can do no wrong in, in my eyes. So, um, so I'm, I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought that they handled everybody really well. I would have actually liked to have seen a couple more, um, doppelgangers. I, uh, I would have liked just, just this is just uh, my personal taste, but I would have liked to have had, uh, another Sarah, um, and maybe have two Sarahs on screen at once. Just for my own personal, she's my favorite character across the the Arrowverse. So, so having having Nazi Sarah uh, would have been really cool. But I think the I think the best doppelganger they did for me was um, was Felicity's. I, the way that they handled that, like yeah, everybody else has said, the the seriousness and the gravity with which they dealt with the the reality of Nazis being around today and some of our characters are very prominently jewish in uh, in in the arrowverse uh, felicity and and stein being among them i and for those who don't know the last name cohen i am of jewish descent so like that i connect with that like that's that's really really cool to me so them including that not shying away from it just like they didn't shy away from from the 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 pink triangle and and all of that stuff they they went no if nazis were still around this would be it and um there's a topical aspect to that that i think is really important that that you know here we have a story that really exemplifies why in this day and age it's, we just can't accept it, and uh, and if that means that Ollie breaks his rules about uh, killing and uh, and and the way that the the crossover ends with him uh, shooting his his doppelganger straight through the heart, um, and not even like hesitating like that that to me is like yeah they earned that they earned all of this stuff because this the threat was that serious. So, uh, yeah, I I, I loved uh, uh, the doppelgangers and villains. I don't really have any the heroes and villains and all that. I don't have any complaints. The, the surprises with win and, and all that, it was just like everything in this crossover. It was all so much fun right from the, from the beginning of the crossover with, with, um, with James, uh, being the, being earth X version of uncle Sam, uh, for those who aren't familiar with with the crisis on earth x the original storyline that this all comes from uh uncle sam is actually the leader of the resistance and i'm not not a, a superhero version of uncle sam uncle sam like 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 i want you on the poster that uncle sam it's because it was silver age so <laughs> there were, weren't really a lot of rules so the fact that they adapted that into into james being the guardian but being the uncle sam guardian I, that was really cool too Amanda, what, what what do you think? Well, I mean, I think Mike covered most of it. <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of what he says like makes sense for me too. I mean, Snart is so much fun. Um, I did like uh, more wells. The more wells, the merrier. So I kind of liked that. I didn't miss that there wasn't a flash um, on Earth X. But um, I do want to talk about Russell Tovey a little bit because I love him and seeing him 
as a superhero is so cool because you know when there's like an actor that people recognize. I mean, I I I watched um, all of that Being Human, like the original uh, British version. version. Yeah, the UK version, and I thought he did such a great job in that. And Doctor Who, he plays Alonzo, and it's just anyway. So I really like him in genre work, and to see him in that concentration camp, you know, the moment you see him, that he's going to be somebody. He's not just some guy in the concentration camp. But I actually didn't pay attention to a lot of the heroes and who was there. I didn't, when I saw that picture, I thought that that character was one of the legends because I don't watch legends. So I didn't know that there was going to be a new superhero in it. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is he on legends or something? No, No, he's he's getting his own animated show on, uh, he's got his own animated show on CWC this week. I think the only thing that didn't make sense at that part though is in, I, I didn't mention this with Leo, but why did Leo stay on his Earth yeah. and then he went yeah. back to the? I I was very confused that, by that. I think he's he's here he's there. I think because he saw how what a poor sh- uh, shape uh, Mick was in, and I think right. he got like that I think he like I need no. I, honestly, no. I'm not. Don't laugh at it. Look, if you look at it deeply, he got concerned with the fact that wait, this Mick is so much different from my make. Maybe I can save him. No, so I, wasn't I think that's about Leo. I was talking about why didn't Ray stay? That's his yeah. Earth. That because, yeah, that was that was really because, weird to me. Is like, why would he go back, especially if Snart was staying yeah. on Earth One? But it is just because you answered the question. If they're doing an animated series, they can't have the live action character also exist on Earth One. <laughs> so that I makes mean, sense. that's the reason. But they could have come up with reason. a better excuse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, I guess they do need a superhero back on on Earth X because otherwise uh, there isn't anybody to help fight for stuff. They should have um, said that then. They should have said, yeah. "Oh, I have to be the hero there." You know, the world is going to be a mess type thing. You know, yeah. there's yeah. so much I could have said in this crossover that it was really necessary. <laughs> yeah. I think. Oh, and Red Tornado, how fun! I I really again, I'm not talking because everybody can say all the stuff I, I, like Tommy and all the the characters that we actually know and love and and what they did with them because that was awesome. But I really liked seeing these new characters fully fleshed out, and that's something that you don't often get. Like sometimes they'll just guest star or be like these little versions of characters, and I think that that was really fun and surprising and integrated well. Like after a while, I was like, of course, the Ray is fighting with the Flash against the Red Tornado. Like that's just something that now happens on CW shows. So it was um. Yeah, so it was it was really good and enjoyable, and I think they did a, a really good job with the characters. There obviously were so many characters that they could have brought more on, um, and the, uh, but I know that that's just a time and budgetary constraint. That um, Martian Manhunter being missed out was a, a thing for me. Like that was the that and the whole of the Atom. So Martian Manhunter not being in any of it, and then the Atom not showing up until the Legends episode um, were the things that I would have wished to see a little bit more of, but otherwise, I mean, they crammed a lot of superheroes in there, and they did a really good job of making the villains believable and scary, and something that was worth bringing all of these people together, so. Brittany and Andrew, uh, who were, what did you think of the doppelgangers? Tommy! <laughs> just, 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 I mean, just okay, that. so I, I, obviously all of us are pretty big we watch all the shows. We talk about the shows. A good chunk of us, like, I don't even know, almost all of all, are all of us writers, but most of us slash all of us are writers. So, like, it's very hard to surprise me about things. And I guess maybe because I don't watch Arrow and also, I, you know, I, I knew about the Prometheus character and I knew, like, you know, that stuff that happened last season. But I had no idea that Prometheus was going to be on the crossover and that, like, Tommy was coming back. So I legitimately was like shocked when that happened and i'm so rarely shocked on tv that i was just like 
beside myself. And like, also, I watched the crossover a day late and somehow was spoiled about almost everything. But that reveal, like, I saw so many spoilers. I didn't care because it was my fault for watching it late. But I like didn't get spoiled by the Tommy reveal. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, it was just the coolest. I don't know. That was just the coolest thing for me. Um, Andrew? Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, I was going <laughs> to Go ahead, Andrew. I'm just still in my top. Like, I was just having, like, OG, like, because I started this whole thing as, like, a really hardcore Arrow fan. Like, you know, I watched the shows late, and I just binged, like, Arrow, and I was just so obs- and Like, it just brought me back to that place of where I was just- Me too. Pure. Like, just so much <laughs> joy. And, like, I think it was, like, it just made me very sad, because I don't watch the show anymore. And, like, just that feeling of just, like, the joy and the heartbreak of Tommy and, and like, how much Oliver and, and Tommy love each other as, like, as brothers- I mean, maybe not, maybe more, but you know, like in that, like they have relationship and just like, it just brought me back to like this great, like memories of just this amazing time I had watching the show I loved so much. And I was like, oh, sad. I'm biased. I'm biased. <laughs> like I have to watch Arrow every week, but you should come back. It got better. Like as of yeah, the, maybe I'll just skip. Can just I like skip, skip last season? And just, oh, I don't know. Uh, I well, you gotta, like you gotta watch the last two episodes watch. of last season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From, that should, that should be this, enough. We talk about this a lot, but if you watch from Spectre of the Gun onwards, Spectre of the Gun is a really, really, really good episode that um, they use Renee really well in. And um, from there onwards, it actually gets pretty good. So come back, especially if you used to like Arrow, a lot of the things that you used to like about it are starting back up again. So just, okay. just my little two cents from my <laughs> corner over here. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll take my hat off to the devil Jackie in the chat saying that Arrow's tagline is it gets better. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, you know what? I think that the doppelgangers, the thing that it really like illuminated for me was how many uh, rough characters who are really good underneath there are in like the Arrowverse. Because if you do the opposite version of them, it's basically just the same character. Like, you end up with Snart, who's just kind of Snart. And, like, you couldn't... Oliver is just Oliver. So the ones that are the most fun are the ones who actually are further to, like, the, you know, unquestionably good side. Like, Supergirl works as an evil version because it's, like, shocking to see a good person be bad. You know, and the same with Quentin Lance. Like, those are kind of the interesting ones for me, where you would literally have, like, an evil Barry who we could probably understand, like... I don't know. He's a sympathetic guy, and he probably would stay that way. Uh, I would have like personally loved if the other Oliver was maybe a bit more carefree. Uh, you know, like I, I, it's kind of weird because you are playing with this idea of like it almost felt to me like when you do an evil quote unquote or like mirror universe where good guys are bad and bad guys are good, you need to decide whether it's going to be like a mirror image or they are going to be mostly the same because that's what the multiverse is. Like I'm the kind of, I geek out over the specifics of this kind of thing. And the idea that like Tommy and Oliver could grow up like under the third Reich and end up being basically the same people seems kind of disingenuous to me. Like in any way, like in absolutely any way that it would produce the same kind of person. Uh, But also they were kind of, not really extreme inversions of any particular character trait. Like I think <laughs> it was pointed out, I think uh, uh, by a screen rant editor that like the evil Nazi Oliver is like more openly compassionate <laughs> than the one we have on our world, which is he like, was obviously so good about talking about his feelings. Right. And, and about openly caring about people. And he, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it just felt like, 
I, you kind of pointed out the the big issue for me, which was Reverse Flash because he was hard. It was just confusing. Um, and then that may be like the most unsatisfying ending to that story that I think raises like more questions than it answers. Like Barry is kind of like, all right, I guess you just go. You know, like that, yeah, I, it, that's such a Barry response of like of like man. I know that you're going to come back and you're probably going to kill somebody that I love. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a rule about killing people. So, like, you can just go, I guess. Like, you have a metahuman uh, prison. Like, couldn't you put yeah. them there or something? Yeah. Like, you don't, you starve everybody else. Like, yeah. It really was like, you know, next time gadgets. You know, it was like, all right, well, you win this round. Uh, I'll see you again. And then he was like, all right. And then he just took it. It was just a very. There were more than if, like, the. Uh, I thought when that was fun for Jeremy Jordan to play, but then it was it was presented as kind of arbitrary that he just said, like, I changed my mind um, to, to kind of build up the suspense. So there were like some definite like um, not not problems, but like things that are the moments that work less for me just because we are in like this kind of superhero universe. But it's the same kind of thing that like lets the fun of it also take over like. I don't know. Maybe people felt differently, but I didn't get really, really uh, affected by this depiction of Nazis. Like, it was kind of presented as, like you said, Brett, like almost, it might as well have been Hydra, you know, like in the presentation of it. And then those moments when they, um, I think the first time Lance said Jewess, I was like, whoa, we are in here. Like, we are really doing this. And the first time you saw the um, the prisoners with the striped uniforms, like, it, it, I, I would applaud the writers mainly because if you say, "Oh, it's Nazis," everyone's going to be like, "Oh man, how are you going to do that?" And I think it was kind of without uh, exception, they they found the way to walk that line. Uh, the doppelgangers were speaking to like the horror of that kind of thinking, but not going too deep into it. So again, I mean, it's on the CW, right? So it's not going to be anything insane but i thought the doppelgangers were fun mainly just because i finally got my captain cold costume with the visor that i've been waiting for which made this entire two-night event completely worth it for me also red tornado that is what i hoped he would look like from the beginning so yes also Um, equally psyched about that and metallo i mean i mean where did those two did i miss something where did those two people i feel like i wasn't maybe like sometimes the fight scenes i zone out because there was just a lot of fight scenes and they were just no they i were agree great, i didn't know just, where red tornado and then came i look from. up and i'm like <laughs> the, I, like the robot came down i think he was like in star labs and i was like wtf is happening right now like where did this dude just come from and then red tornado i totally have just blinked and he was there and i again missed it can we talk about this, uh, the depiction of Nazism a little bit, though? Because I think you were talking about how do you do that properly on a CW show and that they did choose some of these. We're underestimating... Wait, hold on. Before how- we go on, because before we go on, because I know Kat has to go. So I just want to get her, get her, her send-off first, and then we will talk, talk Nazis. So, <laughs> uh, or, or Kat, how much... Or Kat, do you want to you, you change your mind and stick around a little bit? Um, I wish I could change my mind, but I, I do have work to do. But um, what if this what was... if I what, what if I drop like a a big fear spoiler? I again, I wish I could, but I have a deadline. <laughs> All right. Well, I, uh... I would hope they would still give me the Thea spoiler either way. No, but... no. no. <laughs> traitor. Right. I, 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 I don't get. I don't. I don't get spoiler. Which one should I do? <laughs> um, I might have but, to. Change uh... 
but but, I, but like I said in the chat, she, uh, the the legend ladies will cover some of the legend stuff from the crossover in the yes, the, not the summer for now. The, the <laughs> oh lord, if these shows went on all the way to the summer, good lord, would this, would this be painful? Uh, in the winter finale next week, so you will be able to hear more about that uh, from uh, from their point of views. But uh, but Kat, thank you for thank you for coming by, and uh, good luck with your deadlines. But sorry, you won't get that fail spoiler. I, I know, but thank you guys. It was awesome talking to everybody. All right, have a good one. Night. All right, bye. All right, now we can talk about Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I just basically didn't want to um, gloss over just how like queer positive this show was, and how it just makes it of all the issues that we're still dealing with. In like, I mean, we deal with a lot of issues with Nazis currently, which is upsetting and unfortunate in this current world. But somebody in the chat just mentioned the idea that they called, like, Detective Lance calls his daughter, like, his fake, his not daughter, his doppelganger daughter, filth, right? Like, she is everything that should be an Aryan supreme being. And because she loves women and men, and the version of her in that world does as well, that she is killed, like, for that. And that I think we can't underestimate just how powerful that is to be able to be said on, like, CW shows in the same show the night after she has a one-night stand with another, like, great queer character from Supergirl. And then we also have uh, The Ray uh, and Captain Cold, like, these great characters um, like in a relationship that's really genuine and sentimental and, and just to, to be able to juxtapose those things and to just really sort of see and say, hey, I know we're dealing with Nazis and this is something that we've we dealt with 50 years and thought we got away with, but if you sort of look at the current climate that's happening uh, right now, these are not these are not small things. And I just really think that this this episode or this four four episodes did a great job of of addressing that not just shying away from it but actually like having these characters kiss on screen having this love shown having their love be a threat to their livelihoods i think that that was really really important and i really really like that they did that in 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 an episode about nazis so i was going to mention quickly my bottom that doppelgangers and um, yeah oliver was just i couldn't really tell the difference because it was just all, you know we had brooding oliver and then you know the increase in Increasingly aggressive Oliver from Urbex. So, um, yeah, Overgirl, I was it just me or were they kind of borrowing a little bit from the, I mean, at least her being sick from All Star Superman? Because it felt, that whole plot felt extremely familiar. And I'm like, where have I read this or seen in a movie? Or like, where, like why does this feel so, like, was it just me to know that there was something familiar with, um, with, you know, with Overgirl's sickness? Yeah, that, 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 um, her being overcharged with solar radiation is from from All Star Superman. That's that's the main plot thread of of the All Star Superman series. Well, there we go. there we go. Um, no, I um yeah, I think Overgirl and was definitely my favorite. I mean, Reverse Flash. I mean, I was confused to begin why the heck it was Edward Fawn, but as Harrison Wells, but then it became obvious they just couldn't get Matt Letcher back apparently for this episode. So, uh, but. Yeah. I'm glad that my reverse flash, I mean, that our reverse flash is back. In the, like, this is not like a, t- a past version. He's back in the living because he was basically FU Legends finale. I don't care if I die. I am a speedster. Rules do not, do not apply to me. Uh, so all is well in the universe again because you can't, I mean, the, you can't do the, the flash without the reverse flash. Just simple as that. And I am actually really glad he didn't kill, Barry didn't kill Igarbar because I don't want, I never want to see Barry lower himself to that level because i just i just don't want to see him kill and um quinton was 
it was a lot to take in, especially when he kind of insinuated that he either allowed Sarah to die on this earth or he he was responsible for killing this version of, of Sarah that he had. Um, and I'm pretty sure Laurel was probably killed too because, for being opposed to not, not Nazis and stuff like that. Like I wouldn't be surprised if she was actually a freedom fighter, um, which, you know, I'm just saying that would have been a cool thing to see. But, you know... It's not like Katie Cassie is a serious regular on Arrow. It's just like, why use her? But um, no, I. The one thing that was kind of hilarious is that we didn't get, get just one, but two Supergirl villains that were much better done here than on actual Supergirl. Like, I should not be able to say, hey, guess what? Arrow did a bit, did an accurate version of Metallo and Red Tornado than actual Supergirl did. So like. I see that I'm like thinking, man, I'm gonna hang this over Rebecca for the rest of this this <laughs> whole DC franchise. I'm like, how is this possible? But it was pretty cool. It was uh, I do think that they even brought back the actor who vo- you know played Metal to actually voice him in this thing. So it was um, that was kind of a cool tie-in. But uh, yeah, I there's definitely parts of this crossover that could have used less of, so that we could have spent more time establishing why Earth X was the way it was. They kind of go more in depth into why these characters were the way they were. I definitely would like an explanation to what the hell Overgirl saw in Dark Era because, y'all, that when that kiss happened, I electric. No, uh, no, 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 no. Like I wish I was electrified <laughs> because I didn't want to see that anymore. It was. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it was disgusting. There was nothing good about it at all. And the fact that there's probably people already shipping it and writing fanfic. I'm like these poor people. We need to save them. Like. Not to quote a Sims character, but seriously, think of the children. And um, so, yeah, that was just weird. Um, it was bizarre. Um, I, don't know, over- I don't know what you're talking about. Are I you started tweeting about Black Lightning, and I was like, Andy, I felt it. <laughs> and then I realized it was for that other show. Oh, I'm so glad Black Lightning is not part of this universe at this point, because, man, with this, <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to keep Jefferson Pierce safe. But... Um, yeah, and Citizen Cole was, I mean, look, I don't know why you all think he's, you know, like, being portrayed as a Batman 66 villain or so. Like, I think Captain, like, when Wolf Miller's portrayal of any Captain Cole is ten times better than any of the cheesy versions that we saw on that Batman show. I mean, I'm just saying. Plus, I mean, that's the thing. His name is Captain Cold. What are you expecting? It's like, it's not like you're going to get, like, this masterpiece. He is supposed to be cheesy, and I love that. And I love that I, I love that this version is LGBT, and I love that he had this great relationship with the Ray, which wasn't like, oh, my God, look at this awesome gay couple we had. You know, they just put it as a normal couple. And, um, and I, I mean, oh, the thing that stings so much is that we know he's leaving. We know that we're not going to get to keep Captain Cold, Citizen Cold for that much long. Like, he's probably just going to be on, like, two or three episodes of Legends, and then maybe one episode of Flash, and then he's... And then he's going to be gone, and I'm going to... It's going to hurt so much, because I don't think we're ever going to get a better Captain Cold than Wendell Miller. I'm just saying. So, and it's going to hurt. And the Ray... I'm going to say something controversial. Like, if, because of what happened in this crossover, may lead to us not having Firestorm anymore on Legends... I wouldn't mind if the Ray took over. And also at the same time... on. That's not controversial. I think that that's what... I don't watch Legends, but I totally thought that that's what they were setting it up for. I'm like, oh, look, they're killing off a character so that they can replace it with with the Ray. But here's here's the thing. Um, It's never a good thing to... Whenever you say, oh, a white character should replace a black character, it's never really a good thing to say it like that. Um, I mean, for sure, yes. Yeah, because I'm... Look, I'm... I'm a, a person of ethnicity. I love Jack, but at the same time, it's like if he doesn't have powers and all he's just going to be is the you know the engineer and so on. I 
it's not gonna he's not gonna have a lot of things to do on that show. So and also Michael, you're probably gonna hate me for this, but after seeing the Ray, I do not see a reason why we need Green Lantern on this show and stuff because, or even Jensen Ackles. We need, like, even that idea is cool. The Ray, especially by Russell Toby, is so much cooler. Like, oh, Russell, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, there's a. I I like the Ray. Like, I, I thought that 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 character's portrayal was was awesome. I, I thought he was a really cool character to come in. I thought the the effects around that character were <clears throat> really really impressive. Um, but to say, well, I'd rather have the Ray than the Green Lantern. That's like saying, well, you can either have pizza or a hamburger. And it's like, I'm, no, I refuse to live in a world where I can't have both. <laughs> like, like that, that's just unacceptable to me. We can have the Ray. We can also have Hal Jordan show up at some point. And if Hal Jordan shows up and it's not Jensen Ackles, I'm going to find the people who make this show, which is not that hard for me because they're, not that far away from where I'm sitting right now, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna complain directly to them, and I'm gonna harass them on set every day until until they correct that. But uh, I and I say that knowing that it's probably not gonna happen ever. But uh, but yeah, you'll never convince me that 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 we don't deserve, especially those of us who've been watching Arrow every single episode twice <laughs> uh, for the last five and a half years. I deserve Jensen Ackles as Hal Jordan <laughs> alongside Stephen Amell as, as Oliver Queen. I des- Amanda, I'm I so sorry, Amanda. I'm so sorry that you're getting included there. It's true. It's true. The, well, the producers of Arrow, well, now now one producer of Arrow. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. But no. uh, uh, Greg Berlanti owes me that. He owes me that, I think. We, a, you good, know. a good character on Arrow. <laughs> oh. just, just give me what I want for for once in, in, in the six years of watching this show. By the way, I will say that Mike and I are allowed to be extra critical of Arrow because we do watch it all. So we love all it of, even in wait, our hatred. <laughs> you guys not you guys combined will not will not make up to do how critical Rebecca can be of Arrow. So it's like you get you guys I, have I, a challenge here. Yeah, that's true. Like bring Rebecca on for an episode, trust me, she will she will she will have a showdown with you. Trust me, like I keep, I, 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 tw- I live message her when error is airing just to see what, how would she react. And I almost broke her when it said, Katie Cassidy is in a scene with Michael Emerson. You're welcome. And she's like, why would you send this to me, Andy? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> I, I had quit watching Arrow. And then I was like, well, two of my faves are being villains together on Arrow. I don't know what to do now. It happens. But it's like we say, rewatch it as of the middle of last season. Yeah, but there's no reason to watch it before that. So you know. <laughs> not really. Further along, let's talk about the the, the the big thing that happened that was gut wrenching, which was the death of Marnstein. And I want I want to start with Rebecca. And how did you feel about the death of? Mar- I mean, you knew that Richard Garber was probably your leaving legend, so. But how did you feel about the death of Martin? How did you feel it was handled? And what 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 um, do you have any other thoughts about? You know, one half of Firestone now being gone. Yeah, I had heard that he was going to be leaving, uh, but I didn't know how. And I thought maybe they would just send him off. They alluded to in the episode that, oh, he would just be retiring, which is always a bad sign when somebody's like, oh, this is my last day on the job. You know, that's never going to end well. 
Uh, so I, I kind of figured, you know, something was coming, something was coming. Uh, but I, but I didn't know that he would die and the way he died, uh, was really emotional and shocking to me that he basically gave up his own life to save Jax's and for Jax to go on living. And I thought that that was really touching because Dr. Stein had some things to live for too. He had a family, he had things he wanted to do. Um, but he had this really nice relationship with Jax in terms of a, a father-son dynamic that he really valued Jax in his life and, and chose to put someone else first. And I, I thought that that was, I, I know Kat mentioned it earlier, that that was one of the more moving things that we've seen in, in the CWDC universe. And I, I would agree. I, I was very uh, drawn to that, even though I don't watch the Legends TV show and I have no idea what their relationship prior to that episode when he died what that relationship has been like, but I was very drawn to that, and I was very uh, moved by the way, the sacrificial way that Dr. Stein went out, and I, I thought that that was handled really well. The acting was very good. I even liked the stuff at the, the funeral there at the end. Uh, so I was sorry to see Dr. Stein go, but I, I thought it was a very uh, well-executed and very moving uh, sequence of events. Do you guys know if Jax will get to stick around? Because I do like that character. I mean, I didn't. I don't watch a ton of Legends, but I, I did sort of like that character. And I think that they were trying to find a way to make him stay. Is that something that they're going to try to do and give him powers in a different way? He's going to stick, that? right? He's going to be Sticky Man. Okay, yes. Oh, yeah. He still probably right? got that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could become Miles Morales Spider-Man if they if he they really want to. Um, <laughs> the weakest version. <laughs> what, what? Like what? Why? Why? What's up with all the Marvel references? I don't. I do not under, like someone on that arrow. Like that Arrowverse staff is clearly a huge Marvel fan. It's just like I'm enforcing this. Um, Andrew, what did you think of the death of Stein? I thought. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to control my rage. Um, because like he could have just retired, right? I mean, like when well, I I don't like that killing a character off becomes the norm like from a meta standpoint because i don't know that uh, maybe, maybe it's just because in this kind of thing where like within a couple of weeks it'll be all oh, right he died you know like but potentially which just always stings i thought that the actual like victor garber's victor garber you know mm -hmm. like there's no other way to say it that was um crushing stuff i think how do i say um I think that this should show people when you are watching a bit of TV or a movie where someone is like acting opposite someone dying and they are destroyed, we probably don't recognize how hard it is for the person not dying to convey that emotion. Um, there are obviously like death scenes where everybody is just bawling and all of that. I, I was a little taken out of it by how I thought that, uh, friends it just wasn't his kind of um scene like i felt for him but it, it was just a, i was i was absorbed by victor garber's performance and i was glad that he was crushing it uh so much because i i thought that was great i kind of hoped like as a i am a like devoted firestorm super fan so i was hoping that there would be some kind of suggestion that stein wasn't like you know truly dead or that there was some aspect that like i think it was 
is it his daughter that says he's a part of you? Yeah. The, right, which could be which could kind of be literal. Maybe that's a wink to the fans that their sharing of, of you know essence in that way means that Stein still exists in some sense, but that wasn't the impression I got. It was like more than anything. It just felt like not not even manipulated like heartbreak, but just it was literally, you know, like, oh, he was one day away from retirement. Which which is always like, yes, it is heartbreaking and tragic, but it is always, you know, you you put in the stuff just to make it suck more when he died. Um which we would have already been incredibly bummed without that. So maybe them doubling or tripling down on that with, uh, I think someone called out in the chat, like the teaching my grandson chess. I don't know. It's just why, why does it need to be so tragic? You know, I love, I don't know. I love, tragic stuff like i kind of from the beginning i mean i don't know why well Brittany, you're on record as saying like 2017 has been the best year of your life (laughs) right for this very very reason i mean i think i mean in television i like when they just like i like this like because you know what's gonna happen like i don't know i from the beginning when they're like he's leaving to spend time with his grandkids and i was like nope he's dying tragically because like he ha- like you know once he's leaving to go with his be with his family he's gonna die like pretty much I think I would have been more surprised if he just skipped off into the sunset like with Clarissa in the end instead of him dying I just I just feel like I just I appreciate this connection they make you feel to these characters and and that I don't know it's not like manipulative but they make you feel things they make you sad like i don't know when someone just leaves there's always kind of that like oh he could just come back why can't they call firestorm why can't like you know it was kind of like the thing in this episode where it was like why can't they call like i'm glad they had the mention where carl was like i'm gonna get my cousin and he was like i fought your cousin already kind of thing because it's one of those things where like once you know these people exist in this universe it's hard not to make excuses to like go get them again so i do and that's not the only reason I like that Stein died, but I just I felt like it was such a powerful scene at the end. And I disagree with you, Andrew. I thought Franz did a really good job. I was really, really moved by everyone's performance, his performance and everyone's performance. Um, especially at the funeral when every character was oh, putting um yeah. you know, rocks on his grave and or dirt on his grave and saying different things. Like, you know, Sarah was like saying I forget what she said, but she like, you know, thank you for like helping me and teaching me like he's been such an integral part especially because he was on the flash and has connections with characters across different shows he's been such an integral part of like all these shows as a father figure as a mentor as a leader as a teacher and it just was i feel like the you know him leaving it would have been great to see maybe a retirement party for stein you know thanks for being a hero they had balloons or something but i feel like just his death was so much more meaningful and then to bring it back to the whole nazi thing like this the they showed his coffin it had a jewish star on it and like you know he was he was killed by nazis being a hero saving his team you know sacrificing his life for his family and his friends and it was just such a i think overall it just was such an emotional part of the story that i i I liked it i like that he died it sounds weird saying that but like i like that he that it was an emotional emotional storyline it's good for stakes, right? Like that's I yeah. exactly that's that's true. We always complain right? about Marvel because Marvel has seemingly no stakes. Mm. Everyone's fine. You you know we knew so yes we knew Victor Garber was leaving, but it didn't change the stakes. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I was gonna say um, no. Corey, um, you go first, and then I will say my thing, and then we we will move on to the last two things of the crossover. 
I for me, uh, and this is kind of skipping ahead because because you're going to ask, you know, what's our overall favorite moments? Um, the entire subplot between Jax and Stein was was definitely the standout for me. It, it <clears throat> I watch all the shows um, and I like them to varying degrees, and and certainly from season to season that shifts. But one thing that's remained constant since Legends of Tomorrow started is that um, it is, for me, the most fun that I get to have watching these shows because I just really don't care about the story. It's it's <laughs> inconsequential to me because it's, it's just about the characters. Um, uh, I mainly watch it for, like, Sarah and, and Ray and Mick, and, and I love the dynamic between... Uh, uh, Jackson Stein, and um, I love that. I love that he calls him Jefferson, and nobody else does. And it's you know just all, all of those sorts of of elements. Of, uh, and he calls him Gray, and it's like there's just the the great um, back and forth dynamic between the two of them, and that it was given this great room to breathe in amidst this this huge epic storyline. That they were that they were playing out, and and they 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 respected um, his final moments and the relationship between those two characters. The it's sort of like it starts in this place of like oh we're in Central City and and Cisco and Wells because they're the super genius geniuses that they are. They've figured out a way to to cure the firestorm problem, right? But but then you know we go from okay we have a cure for I firestorm. I hear your air quotes. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. You have a you have a cure for firestorm, but Jax doesn't want to stop being firestorm. And and at first you're like, well yeah, of course he doesn't. He wants to be. You know that was the beginning of this season for Legends was all about that about them sort of being retired and all of them, all of the Legends, and then being like, this is not right. We're supposed to be heroes. We're supposed to be Legends. And uh, and then finding their way back to that. Um, so at first you think that's what it is. And then it evolves into the like, no, I don't want to do this without you. Right. And 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 at first you're like, oh, so they just have a really great friendship relationship that they've built up. He's a mentor. You know, they learn from each other. They 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 challenge one another and make each other better people. What a, what a great way to explore Firestorm as a character. And then they drop the father-son stuff on you. And that's when you really know for sure, oh, Stein's going to die. Like, the second that he's like, you're a son, you're like a son to me. I was like, oh, man, they are not letting him get out of nope. this. Like, that, it's not happening. There's not going to be any, like, oh, they'll get him onto, onto the 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 wave rider and Gideon will patch him up and you know it'll seem like it's gonna be bad and then they're gonna pull it back. The second that happened I was like, no, there's no way that he lives. Um but to have him get shot by Nazis, a Jewish character, I I <sighs> shot by Nazis multiple times. Uh, it's heart wrenching for for me, but in a really great way. In the same this the same as everybody's saying, you know, like, oh, but but when the story is tragic like that, there's something when it's done well, when when it's visceral in the way that it was in this and, and earned and and developed over the course of seasons and then especially throughout the the, the crossover, 
it, it's it 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 was so well done that it's like I felt that it was visceral. It, it was a it was a, a physical reaction to him being shot. And he could have died in those moments. He could have, uh, you know, turned on the, 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 the portal and, and that could have been his last moment. And he, he died saving the, the, these worlds. Right. But that's not even it. Like they get him back to the wave rider and you have a moment of like, is Gideon going to patch him up? Is, and then you're like, no, it's not going to happen. But Jax is keeping him on life support and, and he comes back just long enough to say let me go and and he has to be a part of that decision because they're firestorm they're although they're two separate characters they they also live as one person um when they become firestorm inside each other's heads and uh and so that moment needing to be both jacks and stein letting go uh, is is just it was so incredible and that's why for me it is it is absolutely my favorite storyline my favorite moment of of the crossover um and i mean like i was crying like legit crying not like oh there's a little single man here like i like it it think talking about it right now is getting me emotional again because it was just so well done and it was just so earned and these shows for as much as I enjoy watching them, a lot of the time they just kill characters because, ah, whatever, the story dictates it. But they don't bother to earn it. When when they killed Katie Cassidy uh, a couple seasons, or a, yeah, I guess a season and a half ago, two seasons ago almost, I that was not earned. It, it absolutely wasn't. And I think that was the thing that was most frustrating about that. But with this... Um, they built up to it. They gave it room to breathe, and and they they foreshadowed it in in the proper way. Um, and they kept us on the edge of our seat. Is it going to happen? Is it not? Is it going to happen? Is it not? Um, and then they finish the story. They defeat the Nazis, um, and we get the 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 funeral. And the funeral is like you're you're like okay. I'm going to collect myself, you know, like you grab a tissue, you, you, you get yourself ready for, for the end of, of the episode. Um, everybody saves the day and then you get to the funeral and I'm like, Oh my God, again, again, you're going to put me through this, but in such a great way. Um, and, and so it's just, yeah, it's very rare. I think that, that you get to have that kind of a connection with a storyline. And I think for me, like I mentioned earlier, the fact that he's a Jewish character and, Nazis and everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, there are a lot of notes in there that just really, really resonated with me. Um, and, and it's been said, Victor Garber, I mean, I think that, 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 that as an actor, he comes with such incredible gravitas and, and, and this history. And I think as Canadians, especially, there's a, there, there's a connection to Victor Garber. Um, and, and that, that, like, you just, it's this incredible, perfect storm. Every single element comes together to just make it an, an incredible story. Um, and I think of all of the things that they accomplished in the crossover, his death was, was the, the most incredible and perfect um, confluence of all of these actors and writers and, and directors all coming together to create 
crisis on Earth X. And you can't have a crisis. It's a rule. Like, it's literally a rule. You can't have a crisis without somebody not making it out the other side. And um, and I think that there were a lot of really easy choices on that um, as to as to who you could kill and, and, and how you could do that. Um, and I think that they decided to take one of the more subtle, nuanced avenues and and it paid off for me like it's just the like the moment when they're when they're when they're shoveling the dirt onto onto the coffin and and the star of david is there and it's just uh, everything about the story all just kind of comes full circle and really hits hits home and and uh, and and i think is important i think i think that they did some stuff in this crossover that is important that that actually matters and and hopefully for some of the people watching that maybe have some some um wrong-headed opinions about certain things that they can see this perspective and come away from it and i love when genre television can do that because genre television has that ability to say but what if nazis (laughs) <laughs> and no. and in 2017 when we're like no but seriously nazis for them to go yeah and and what if you push that to the furthest extreme and you have these characters who are connected to that kind of a storyline and for one of them to die is it's like yeah i mean like he like it points martin to, it stein points died because he was shot by nazis yeah. it points that, to what was so good about it yeah too like just the idea that like this crossover not only held its own like it was a it was a concise story over four episodes and and it w- had stakes and it had beats and it had moments it also irreparably changed at least in my opinion Arrow Flash and Legends like Legends lost uh, a character uh, and Arrow and and uh, Flash gained marriages right and that's something that happened like forever like that's something that will carry ord into those other shows and change how those stories are told so that i think is one of the best parts about this is not only did it serve its story that it sold when it within itself but it also served the other four tv shows that we all watch and i think that that's a big deal so yeah good for it i said it on twitter last night and i'm gonna say it again i have not been this you know heartbroken about a death in the air ever since Laurel died. Like, this just straight up, like, I, it was no, we, like, I knew he was gonna die. I knew, I knew that, like, going to them, like, he's dead. There's no way he's coming out of this. Like, you know, I, and I've said to people, season three is only the darkest season. And here's one of those reasons. And I, I will say this. There's no other way to, that Victor Garber could have left the show. I think if he had just retired or whatever and so on, it would have been lame, to be honest. It also, like Michael said, it would have taken away the whole point of using the word crisis. Someone, like, if there's no casualty other than just random civilians or a bunch of Nazi soldiers, then what's the point? Don't call it a crisis. Call it, um, you know, half Uh falls, right, alert. Snafu. Snafu snafu on Earth X. Exactly. (laughs) Do you think think any of the other Legends characters, like, entered... (laughs) the med bay and said like you didn't like you didn't tell us to well, come and like say goodbye or well there's there's no one like, people make their choices on their uh, on their own term they they don't get it's that it's it, that's the thing some of these people sometimes make decisions without really taking into account what other people might think about it but but for me yeah i feel this was definitely like, like it felt like i've never been to broadway but like, i imagine this is the, this must be how broadway actors 
do when they leave, like when they, you know when they're passing on the role to the next person um, that is going to take on it. Like it's like it's like it's show it's show stopping. It's like it's breathless. It's it's epic. It's like it, they, they're giving all of it. Like it's like this is their last time they're going to be on stage performing this role. And that's exactly what Garber did here. And ironically, that's you know, but that's why he's leaving because he's going to a Broadway show. But uh, no, I felt that this was a, this was the goodbye I would have wanted for Laurel and Oliver, for example, or you know, another t- on you know, Team Arrow. But this, I felt, you know, it was. I don't mind that he didn't get to say goodbye to all that. It was just him and Jax. Those two have been core since <sighs> season one, and I just felt that it didn't matter who else was there as Nick, long as Jax was there. I, I no. will die on the hill that no. Nick should have been there. Nope, and I, I don't know what they're gonna do with Jax now. And I, we will see what happens. Um, I, I don't expect a lot of. It's not gonna be a. Um, he's gonna be stuck in a dark tunnel for a very long time. But I felt it was definitely one of the strongest moments in the whole crossover. Does it sting that he died? Yes, but he needed to die. Otherwise, there's like I don't really want to see another crossover again if they're gonna make this big of stakes and then not really do anything with it. And I just. Yeah, I felt it was it was beautiful. It was you know like it it did all the things it was supposed to do, make us cry and lose our feelings and like having to piece our feels back together afterwards. It made us uh, get to say goodbye to a character that we all love very much, an actor we love really much, and so on. And even if Peter Carpenter doesn't come back this season, all and like even if he they do the whole mind connection thing and so on, if this was his last time on the in the Arrowverse, I think it's what what a hell of a way. To exit this universe, and um, it's it's that's the thing. Legends people don't hate me for this. I love Legends tomorrow, I do, but Legends tomorrow doesn't really have, do a really good job sometimes in giving us episodes that are extremely memorable because it's just so whack. This, however, this, however, I'm always it's gonna be one of the most memorable episodes for me in the whole series. Not just like as a part of the whole crossover, but it's like when I go back and think, hmm. What are some of those memorable, special episodes of Legends of Tomorrow? This is one of them. And it's I don't have a lot of it on my list, but this is definitely one of them. So we have one more thing we have to discuss, and then we're going to do quick feedback, and then we're going to have to wrap up so it doesn't get too late. And this whole episode, this whole crossover was about a wedding. And But again, this is a sh- show set in the superhero universe, and we know as comic readers, weddings never go well <laughs> for anyone. Darkside Oliver crash closed his wedding. Uh, if there had been a wedding in Justice League, I'm sure someone would have like a parody would have probably kidnapped Lois and Clark would have been like, "Really? I just came back." And you know, like it, it, it's never like as excited Justice as we all League were. Spoilers, Andy. God, just big Justice League spoilers. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the whole so-called twist about the whole wedding and the whole idea because we see we see it early in the crossover that Oliver <laughs> Felicity are. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're great at timing, aren't they? They decide to, during the, the wedding reception... Mari start, Kikwest uh, in the comments, man. Mad about the double wedding garbage. I hear you there. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> there's, there's, she, she flat out interrupted the proclamation of husband and wife. Okay, we, we will get through it. it, it all of Felicity, they keep teasing that they, they're having, that they have different views on marriage. Uh, but then after all the stuff they went through on EarthX and with the EarthX villains, they decide to, during the, you know, West Island's impromptu wedding with the Diggle, um, you know, next 
they they could have just moved a few steps away from the from the bar. Like, how could they just stand there? Like, he, he literally threw up just like a step <laughs> away from where they were standing. But I, I'm not picky. Felicity decides, as Iron Bear is about to say, I do. Felicity goes, Oh, BTW, we should totally get married now because we love each other. And this became definitely one of the most controversial moments of the whole crossover. And I know all of us have very different feelings about this, so I don't really know how to start with. Rebecca, what do you think about it? It wasn't that difficult at all. I want to hear Rebecca first. <laughs> uh, I really liked the crossover until the last five minutes, and it was because of the Oliver Felicity, hey, let's make this about us thing. I did not care for that at all. At all. The entire episode, if you go back and rewatch the four hours, like it's a constant barrage of Oliver and Felicity basically thinking out loud, how can we make Barry and Iris's wedding about us? Like they they make a big deal <laughs> at the um, rehearsal dinner where when uh, Felicity's like I don't want to marry you and then like has this big outburst. They do it there, then they talk about it a little bit later, and then they they literally take over the vows. Like Barry and Iris had these really sweet vows that they you know Barry had talked about how he had written up all these pages and he had been dreaming about doing this for a long time and he had all this stuff to say and it was really nice and the only thing that this crossover had to do in order to be absolutely perfect in my opinion was to stick the landing on the Barry and Iris wedding that was the heart of the whole thing was for them to get married and then some I just thought it was the the rudest thing that anybody could possibly do would be to like hey I'm gonna take over your wedding and make it my wedding that is so crazy. Um, and I, I think is, is if you were an Oliver Felicity fan, and I, I don't want to make assumptions about anybody, but I, if I was an Oliver and Felicity fan, I would want them to have their own wedding. Like, I don't think it's fair to those fans either that they just kind of tacked a, a, a marriage or, or wedding ceremony onto Barry and Iris's. I just didn't think that was fair to either couple, and especially to Barry and Iris. Because this should this should have been their wedding, their big moment, and it got uh, taken over by someone else at the very last minute. And I thought that was so. I thought it honestly. I thought it was trashy. I thought it was dumb. And I, I, I oh, there's, snap. there's no, there's no excuse for that. And I, I just think they, they could have really stuck the landing and made this a perfect crossover if they had just not done that. So those are my personal feelings on it. Uh, don't at me on Twitter. Uh, I will not respond. <laughs> but yeah, she she's on the call. She's on a hiatus. So I'm on a hiatus. But uh, I just I I just really hated it for Barry and Iris that their big moment got taken over by somebody else. The comments are so great, Barry. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I just like, shout out to Alex R. Guggenheim did this crossover just so people can say they liked the Elicity wedding episode. Like that is a great <laughs> comment. No, I know what the real reason is. Because no, if they had marketed an Elicity wedding as a separate era episode, they know that that would be the most lowest lowest rated episode of all time. They used the crossover as a way to say, "Oh, look, we got good ratings for for our Elicity wedding." So it's it, that, that's the only reason you you guys know that they, if straight up if they marketed an episode for an Elicity wedding and 
you know, they keep marketing the song. You really think that's going to be the most highest rated episode of the whole series or season? Nobody's Hell asking for no. that. Nobody's no. asking for that. That's the biggest thing for me. Nobody's, nobody asked for an Elicity wedding. At least even people that are Elicity fans, I think, kind of know where they are. They're not, like, urging themselves for an Elicity wedding. It so came out of nowhere. I don't know. What, sorry, it's not my turn. I'll wait in line. No, no, no. We, we, you, you, <laughs> you guys are air people. So, like, Amanda, what did you think about the whole twist with a double wedding? It's more just, it's not just that I'm not an Elysee fan, because whatever, the biggest problem I've ever had about it is that they're all on again, off again, so if this kind of solidifies them as on again, I'm all for a wedding. The biggest thing to me is that it was so disjointed with the rest of it. It seemed like a, like a, uh, it was seemed really rude and out of character, and why on earth would Felicity do that? It seemed, again, inconsistent with her character. She had set herself up over three episodes to be like, I don't want to get married, and then all of a sudden ruins one of her best friend's wedding by saying, hey, I want to get married, just kidding. Like, that's one of the things I hate about her anyways, so it being crammed into the a wedding was just, it just all compounded one another. So really, it's like, I just don't care about Elicity, and so it's like, whatever, they can get married if they want to get married. The thing that really made me mad is that 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 was just not the time or place for that to happen. But it's also good for us on Arrow to not have to talk about a freaking Alyssi wedding. So that's great. (laughs) You you really don't see the problem with this, do you? I mean, now that they are married, now you have the risk of getting a season four replay all over again because season four was all about that couple, whether they were married or not. So it's like... (laughs) Welcome to the CW. This is what they do. Michael, oh, I, yeah, I got. I have to jump in next. First of all, to tell everybody the bad news that that season uh, season six episode nine, irreconcilable differences. It's a wedding episode. It starts with their <laughs> wedding. They have well, a ceremony with all of their friends serious? and serious. Yeah, so so it, prepare yourselves me... for that. Uh, uh, so, so, so so just get that in your heads. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, get a little uh, reverse meta on everybody for a second and say that if Iris and Barry weren't offended by Felicity and and by my reading of the situation, they both smiled and thought it was funny and they both were actually really happy for Ollie and Felicity um, and kind of like I think for Barry it was like boy it's about time I uh, like like I'm glad you two figured this out um and the four of them are all friends uh, i don't know why because they don't really have a lot of interactions but but you know the conceit of everything is that they're they're like all really good friends so um stuff happens in when we're in between seasons i guess right people go and visit each other and hang out when there are yeah so so um for me if if Barry and and Iris don't care that Felicity jumped in at the last second, and if Ollie and Felicity are happy, and those five characters in that scene can share that moment together as friends, and and um, I, I have that have that shared experience, and they're all happy with it, then I think it's fine. Um, I personally don't really care about Barry and Iris. I know that that Andy's gonna gonna hate that I say <laughs> like that. It doesn't. I don't like. I I, I I get none of the chemistry between those two actors. And it's uh, Denny, but that's okay. Sorry. Yeah, there, it's it's a it's a it's an inevitability based on on the the story and and the and the characters and and the comics continuity and everything, especially considering their daughter was at their wedding 
at, in the first episode. Um, it, for those who didn't catch what that a good daughter or granddaughter, it's in, unclear, but it was probably daughter. Descendants. Oh yeah. my god, I didn't realize that. That's what I hope you guys realize that, that that was plastic from Smallville, right? You guys yes. recognize that was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so her showing up, it's like, okay, like, we know that everything's going to be fine with those two characters, and, and I really don't care about their storyline or whatever. I'm just glad they're married so that we don't have to sit through any more of those unbearable surface commercials where I, I elongated man walks in and is like, hey, what you working on? And she's like, I'm trying to do my seating chart Michael, on the surface. Michael. This is a great computer. Um, you can try can't trash West Allen and Elongate Man in the same episode. You cannot do that. You get you have to pick one. Like well, I'm not trashing Elongated Man. Elongated yeah. Man's the best thing about this season of Flash so far. I'm trashing the really, really hacky, ham fisted uh, surface commercials that they're playing off as part of each episode, where I, I and I don't know if you're watching because Arrow blood blood uh, because th- that whole um, earbuds commercial Arrow did in season two that was so organic, right? I'm not saying that it was. That's terrible too. <laughs> like good. Like, I just need you just make sure you integrated marketing garbage is yeah. is exactly that. It's garbage. Just they can use a surface yeah. on the show, and and yeah. that that needs to be all that it is when you're talking about the the product placement. But in any case, I, I'm glad that the that the that the wedding is over. That everything's dealt with. I'm not I'm not offended on behalf of Barry and Iris because they're not offended. So. But not to say that anybody well, else actually, is Actually, there's some people. Guys can't be. I don't care. But, but that's just my If you look at the screenshot of them during that scene, hmm. they actually do look pretty pissed. <laughs> and so I, I, okay, I'll go back and watch it and see. Yeah. I actually really want to sit down and watch all four episodes like with no you... commercials and edited sort of thing. As but, not um, an American, as not an American, I love this comment that somebody said that Barry and Iris are apparently Midwest nice. I don't know what that is, but the <laughs> idea that they they won't say anything in public, like the idea that they're probably like really mad but smiling on the inside. Anyways, I, I just mean that they're good people, and it's very Canadian. It was very Canadian. Of yeah. them. So just okay, whatever. Um, Canada's the Midwest of the yeah. North American <laughs> continent. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm I'm cool with everything at the end of it. I actually thought that it was really fun. <laughs> the, the the you can't do a crossover without uh, uh, Diggle throwing up because of super speed. Um, so I I thought that that was appropriate right there at the end. Uh, it, it is weird that they then get married a half half a foot away from some people. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's Yo, my Brent- opinion on. Brittany, what's up? What's up? What's up? You, give give <laughs> us your thoughts about the whole double wedding thing because you and I we've discussed this off air. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I I've known. I mean, everyone's kind of known about it for a while, or those of us who were keeping track of spoilers. And I was like very adamantly like not having it, like super. Oh my god, this is gonna ruin the wedding. And I was just really and almost like I was like not looking forward to the. The, the wedding aspect of the crossover as much like once I found out the Elicity thing was involved because I'm definitely not Elicity's biggest fan, um, to put it mildly. So I was like, I don't know, I guess I was less bothered by it than I thought I was going to be, but still also 
bothered by it. But, like, I think because in my mind, I thought it was going to be, like, a full... Like, if it had happened in season, in episode one, in the Supergirl episode, where, like, Kara's singing this beautiful song, and they're walking down the aisle, and Barry's crying, and Joe's crying, and then if it had happened in that moment, I probably would have turned it off and not watched the rest of the crossover, because I would have been so angry. But the fact that it happened at the very end, and, like, it was a little intimate thing, and, like, no one else was involved, like, whatever, I knew it was coming, just get it over with, like... I think that was, like, more of the thing. I was just like, okay, it happened. Like, yes. It's just, like, so unnecessary. Like, w- like, was that a selling point of the crossover? Like, I don't understand why they needed it to be there. Like, what what does this do for... I mean, I don't watch Arrow. I didn't even really know Felicity and Oliver were back together. I just assumed they were kind of still, like, friendly but not dating. So I was like, I don't even know what's going on right now. I definitely don't just... Again, like, we talked about how this, it definitely seemed like the crossover was, you know, moving things forward for a lot of different shows, you know, Kara and Alex kind of got the cross, the, um, the closure they needed on their romantic relationships, and, you know, The Flash had this beautiful wedding to move forward, and it's like, what does this wedding do for Oliver and Felicity besides, like, put a ring on it like and then i saw i've seen someone comment on twitter they're like are they even legally married because they don't have like a wedding license like oliver technically wasn't supposed to leave the city so he like can't be and he's married with mr still yeah like there's all these like things that are like "Eh, is this really like i just think my main takeaway from that was like was this necessary like what did this and I'm like, I don't mind that Barry and Iris got married, like, kind of a way. I do wish that they had been like, Joe, come over here, like, real quick, we're just gonna do this thing. Like, I didn't mind, because they had the big ceremony in episode one, they literally just didn't say I do. So, like, I don't mind that it was, like, a more intimate ceremony, and it was, like, didn't, wasn't that the same lake they were by that they had, like, isn't that where Barry told Iris, like, he was the Flash? Like, I felt like it was the same lake. Oh, you mean the first time he read Condit? Yes, that was the first time. Yeah, first so, like, that lake, I feel like, always has, like, really nice things happen near it, so, like, I liked that it was there. I was just, yeah, I I guess I'm I'm just happy that I, they can go back to their show now and do whatever they want, and I can just, like, have happy West Allen couple and, like, just see them just living their happy lives. And, like, I hope they mention, like, next week they, like, did get to go on a honeymoon or something cute. I don't know. I just, uh, I just love the wedding. I, sorry, just as a Vancouverite, I have to correct that it's not a lake that's actually a bay. That's Thank you, oh. thank you. <laughs> oh, sorry. I knew that was driving Amanda insane. <laughs> I didn't even And that she does, she's, Amanda's too too nice and polite to be like actually it's not a lake but i'm not and i'll i'll, I'll why do you be happy I to call say you? no that, that's you... actually no I, I like being correct in my geography and like knowing more about canada yeah. so thank you because i'm gonna i'm gonna go google it so i can find it is there like a name okay, of it? you is know that... i i can i can send everybody a google maps pin later oh, and you can see exactly where it is <laughs> oh my god I would love everything. phenomenal <laughs> andrew andy go for it. no no you know you go go for it you want my take on the wedding? Uh, no, for that, let me give you a reminder. You're getting married soon. Whatever you I do, am. if you have people like all of Felicity in your life or your fiance's life, just cut them from the from the guest list. Now yeah, we're gonna diggle them. Um, I'm I'm assuming that's why diggle make them, actually make them vomited. throw up. Was he didn't realize until that moment that he was not invited to the wedding. Yeah, he was like, and, rude. and then you drag me here to like officiate, but I really don't get to be a part of it. Yeah, and you make me watch Oliver and Felicity make the worst decision of their lives. Um, I, I was, I mean, I know you guys have said everything. <laughs> I don't think there's anything left for me to say, really. I mean, what is this? 
My my fiance was bawling watching the actual wedding. Uh, and she doesn't even watch these shows. She was just like in passing watching it. Um, so yeah, uh, her take on this double wedding would not be suitable for any listener. So, well, wait till we get DC podcast after dark. Then we can have her on talk <laughs> all about it. Yeah. No. no. If I don't comment on this, is it going to be a sign of the apocalypse coming? Because I feel like. If I don't talk about this, the world is going to end. I feel like it's like, do I have to talk about this? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm asking all y'all. Like, do it's, I have? It's got to be rhetorical, Andy. Obviously, you need to talk yeah. about the Irish. <laughs> okay. Are, what are you even doing? I'm not. You, you know, you know what's so interesting is that you know, like, I mean, look. For the one justly complaint I'm going to do, um, it's a fascinating. Alicity was a better villain than Stephen Wolf. I'm just saying that it's like it's phenomenal that these two that's people. Not, that's totally unfair because Steppenwolf isn't a bad guy. He's just a cartoon character, and he's really confused where he is in that movie because he's like, I thought I was going to be in an animated Justice League movie, which would be a cool thing, but it turns out that he's in the live right, action right. Justice League. So he's he's understandably angry. I wouldn't I wouldn't paint Re- him as really, a Michael. This is this is. This is where you decide to criticize my criticism of Justice League. Like it's like this is where you, this is where the line goes. Okay, um, I warned you all. I warned everyone since the summer that they're probably gonna do a double wedding because they hate me, and everyone kept going, "You're crazy, Andy. You're insane. They're never gonna do that." Remember when everyone told me that they were gonna kill off back in Eric Laurel Lance? I <laughs> see how that went, and. Uh, and I kept saying, like, once we're going to get the photos and the, the trailers and stuff like that, we're going to see it. We're going to see it. Uh, but people kept saying, I'm cra- I'm the crazy one. But then look what happened. I cannot trust this universe to, to most degree. It's unbelievable that not in just one of the crossover episodes, but all four of them, every West Allen moment was interrupted by either Oliver or Felicity. It's like, these are, okay... I've tried to be nice to air the season for the past two years. I've tried to tolerate all of Felicity as a, as a couple or as a partner to show one. But the thing is that I'm looking forward to the day Arrow is canceled and dead because you know what else is going to be dead? This couple. They're never, like, two DC fans will, will never remember this. I'm so glad that we're not going to be, like, for all the Hades the DC you get, I'm just so glad and blessed that Felicity Smoke will never make her way onto the, to the DC films because, good lord, would that would have that killed me? Because how come the, every live action TV appearance so far we've had a winner by Canary don't get it together? It's like I accepted it, I accepted that. But the fact that Baron and Iris, like whether you like the like their chemistry or not, the fact that they have been spending almost like a proper almost a half a season to get up to this point, and they have to get it ruined in a crossover, in a crossover by these two that just got back together for like. Was it two or three episodes ago? It's like... It's unbelievable how trashy this can be. I was like, Rebecca, like I almost enjoyed the whole crossover until that last point. That's why I'm saying that just... like For me, like if we're going to talk about DC, DC films or DC TV crossover event, I prefer just like, because they don't have to put up with this shipping garbage. I'm over the CW dealing, making all of their shows, all their episodes about ships and small. We we spell ten years of small. Like Matt, Amanda Michael, you know this. You know it's pretty good, well as I do. We spend ten years 
with Smallville dealing with so much shipping that it's like, fine, go for it. But I expect at least people that are in two that started a TV show in 2012 to be a little bit smarter than that. But no, CW is always going to be remain the teen soap drama t- network that will make any big type of concept show all about shipping. Hey, I'm, yeah. You should tell us how you really feel, because I should. I should definitely feel. <laughs> yeah, I will say this. Uh, I'm glad it's done and over with. Him. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm glad that all of Felicity got their. They got. They got their marriage. They're getting a wedding reception apparently next week. Good for them. I hope someone dies during it because that's how much I'm done with that. With that show at this point. Oh, um, God. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. You think. I felt generally bad when we saw uh, the Earth expedition for Lizzie. I cried because that's how it really became with the whole Nazi thing. And that's the thing. I had to put up with Nazis for four hours. We couldn't do crime city again. No. Mark Dugan has to put his political agenda because he... Look, here's the thing. I hate Nazis. I am hating this world right now. I hate our current president. I hate the fact that Nazis are more active than ever. So, But the thing is, I go to these shows for escapism. I want to take a break from the real world and just see something fun. You basically had... A perfect idea from the comic, the crime syndicate and so on. But no, Mark Guggenheim, you, you, who think you're competent enough to write a Black Lives Matter episode, also felt the need to do a Nazi thing as well. I, I, I disagree with you there. I'm all for the illicity hatred, but I actually think addressing Nazis was real good. And that's like one part that I, I really well, like. Well, that's, that's good. So, I'm go- so if that's, and, if and, and Earth, and Earth X is from the comics, just. Right, like, right. But it's like, okay. Like, let so me it's, ask it's, they're equal okay. to me. I'm going to ask in the chat. I'm going to ask in the chat. And I'm going to ask all y'all in, on the air. Be honest now. If you could have picked between Crime Syndicate or Earth X, what would you have picked? I mean, one of them is a lot easier, like, to, to do and. Uh, I mean, one of them, okay, if I was going to write a movie and I needed villains that I didn't want to spend too much time thinking about, I'd just make them the Nazis. Like, that. that is kind of, right, because you don't need to do anything other than that. Like, it's a pretty easy uh, target, okay. I guess. Okay, good. Oh, there we go, okay. Brittany, Crimes is basically, an, like, a simple evil version of these characters. They want, they, they, they on, on their Earth, the heroes are the villains, and the villains are the heroes. But there's no, like, politics and all They just want to be able to take over, they just want to be able to rule each Earth in the multiverse. What would you pick, Brittany? Oh, I Between- mean, having, having no context for, like, either of them comic book-wise, like, I, I think what they did was good. Like, I don't know. I don't really know anything about, like, EarthX or Crime Syndicate. Like, so I'm happy with what I got, <laughs> pretty much. All, all right, I'll, fair I'll, take, I'll take what they give me. Becca. What would you have picked? You mean? Uh, sorry, I muted my mic. Uh, oh. Crime syndicate or Nazis? Or, uh, yeah, exactly. What would you have picked if if you could have chosen one of these two things? I I mean I liked what they did with the Nazis, uh, so I I would I would say Nazis. If this was a snap judgment, I would say Nazis. <laughs> we should have done a snap. Had to, had to get in there. Right, and, and Amanda said what she wanted, and, and what she preferred. And Michael, what did you prefer? If you could pick between Crime Syndicate and uh, and, and the Nazi versions, uh, if if you don't have Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and and their doppelgangers in the Crime Syndicate to do that story with, then I don't want to see that. Like the like, I don't want to see an alternate like Arrow version of Crime Syndicate. Like that's not. That's oh, right, not that's- 
really that interesting to me. I know that this is an alternate version of of the Earth X story in the same way, but I think that because Earth X is not as iconic as Crime Syndicate, that you can get away with that. So I think that the decision that they made to do Earth X is makes a lot more sense. And and I do think that that now, like Amanda says, now is the really the most important time that you can do. But during a crossover, the only time we get to see these footage come together, like that once per year, you really want it to be based wasted on something that probably makes also a lot of people uncomfortable. Because you know what? I said throughout most of these crossovers being really uncomfortable. Oh, no, yeah, you know Andy, Andy, good. I hope people are uncomfortable seeing Nazis on screen. I hope they're super uncomfortable. And I hope that when those Nazis killed a Jewish man and oppress LGBT people and and just generally treat human beings like cattle, I hope everybody's super uncomfortable with that. And I hope that they then think about the choices that they're making in their daily life and reflecting on, on how some of those choices are resulting in our world looking a little bit too much like that world. I hope that people are uncomfortable. I Yes, I watch these shows for escapism too. But what's the point in art if it's not going to challenge you every once in a while? It can't all be cotton candy and rainbows. It can be sometimes. And lots of this crossover was cotton candy and rainbows. I mean, I haven't even brought up Serix yet. And that's because I'm saving it. But like... That is all cotton candy and rainbows to me. It was important for for uh, Alex's character and for her moving forward, but it was mostly for fun. It was mostly like like let's put these two characters together and see what happens. So the 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 whole thing. I mean, like like fighting fighting. I I ah, I'm I'm in the middle of the, of this thought wave, so I, I can't remember what's the shark dude's name. King Shark? King Shark, thank you. <laughs> fighting, I know, how could I forget that? But fighting King Shark at the beginning of the episode, and that totally just being a throwaway moment at the beginning of the crossover, right? Like, like stuff like that is just, just cotton candy and rainbows. But they get to do that because they also did the other side of that, and they did make people uncomfortable, and they right. did force us to have to talk about this on a podcast right, and but here, but here's what have an actual me. discussion about, like, like, do Nazis make you uncomfortable? Good. Then if, if you're uncomfortable because Nazis are in your your comic book TV show, you should be even more uncomfortable that they're marching down your streets. Like oh, that, I, am, that sure. me, I don't like if that's a political agenda, uh, then good. That's a political agenda. I think that most of us should be behind. Well, everybody should be behind. Okay. But I think most of us will get uh, behind that. Political let me just reestablish something. I accept the fact that it's like, look, they they, they portrayed the Nazis the way they're supposed to. They, I, I, the thing is, it is relevant as heck right now because of what's going on. But the thing is, we get one of these crossovers per year. One. If there was like if we got three of these crossovers each season. I would have been more okay with it. Okay, then we can have a, you know an Earth X crossover. Then we can have a this crossover, and this crossover. But the fact is, we have to wait all the way till next year now to get something different. The thing is, like I just don't like when we we only get something like this once per year, and it's w- done with something like this. It's just no. I it's like for me, it doesn't work. I, I my I want to talk to the point. Sorry, no, sorry, someone's commenting in the in the comments that they have friends who actually 
are Jewish and friends that are queer that actually had issues with this storyline. And I think that that's an interesting thing to look at it from. So if we are going to talk about it, about an angle about people that maybe don't want to be reminded every day of certain things, I understand stuff from that perspective. But I mean, overall, I am going to stick to the idea that we should be talking about about things that make us uncomfortable but Andy I think you're saying we get one per year that sounds like a lot to me like the ability for them <laughs> to bring these people together every, mm-hmm. like we're gonna get another one next year hopefully if they renew all these shows right so I think that that's the opportunity they tried something very lighthearted last year and I don't think it worked well and it was very sort of campy and very inconsequential and I think they were this year they upped, too. They upped they were the stakes fl- with this one though and I think in a way that really mm-hmm. From from just from having this conversation with everybody on this podcast for two hours, I've realized how important this episode is in a way that I just came at it as a, oh man, that was fun and entertaining because I had I live in a place of privilege where I was a, was able to just go into it looking at it that way and through this conversation with everybody on this podcast and everybody in the chat group, which is thank you to all seventy of you who are in there and actively talking about it. It's just made me realize how important this episode was on multiple levels beyond that. So, I mean, love it or hate it, I think it, it did something important. And, and um, anyways, your your all your points are, are are valid, but I just do want to double down on I I, I think it was an important. No, it's fine. It's fine. And I, I'm upset. I'm, I'm sorry that I got so upset, but it's just the fact that it's that. I mean, there was there was also one thing that I just also hated the fact the way they did the Nazis thing was the fact that our here from Earth One couldn't have cared any less. About the fact that they didn't care about trying to help out the people that were on Earth X. I was having a conversation with Tatiana earlier today, and so and she brought yeah. it up to me, and I but like, how the f does not our heroes not do squat about? It? I know they had That's to get fair. back to Earth, Earth, and so on and whatnot, but at the same time, it's like if this was not Mark Guggenheim writing these shows, so I know these heroes would have done a bigger effort to try and at least take down a few, like try and save some people on this Earth. To, they, like, to but, be, but, to but they, fair, killed, they killed the Fuhrer. Yeah, they, they killed they killed the two the two biggest people yeah. in the Nazi regime. They, yeah. Sure, but they, I don't think they did do, it do, because do you know do, do you know they're still safe? World. Do you know they're safe if they're safe though? Because there's still a big army, I think, back on Earth that can probably kill a lot of innocent innocent Jewish people. Jewish people. I'm just saying that. My point is just that the Nazi thing, like that's fine. I just hate the fact that like. The episode also ends with like something really half-assed when it's like I put up with one thing but couldn't even get one perfect half. That's the thing. We I had to put it through Nazis, which you know for me as an LGBT person and also a Middle Eastern man makes me uncomfortable. You know what? It's fun seeing people kick Nazis' ass, but at the same time, the fact that they ha- took away something that Flash has built up for almost seven, maybe even if we're gonna count last season too after the proposal, they they took that away from us as well. And it's because CW is a CW. People being, you know, you know, saying that, oh, I hope Black Lightning gets to be part of the Arrowverse next season. I hope they don't because, you know what, right now, I don't want Black Lightning to be part of this messy universe. When they, all they focus on is death. Shipping is the core of all these shows. You can, you can accept it or you can not deny it. That's up to you all. I'm, that is just how I view it. But uh, to go with more, something more like, no, Anna, Well, uh, can I, can I say something here? Just because I was reading the chats also and, um, I, I, I like them having people, the chat. I like the chat that they have all different opinions about this. Yeah, and I, I think this is tapping into a lot of the like Marvel had their Secret Empire stuff, and a lot of people were you know if if DC came out tomorrow to announce their event comic and it was Superman, but instead of an S on his chest, it was a swastika. I I don't. I think that we are at a point, 
it, particularly in this year, I think it is like it is absolutely right to say that we should be having hard conversations. Um, I, 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 this is so weird for me because I've never met anybody in my life who would ever say that Nazis are not, <laughs> I, whatever. But it, I think it's also equally valid to say that with everything going on in the world, a swastika on Superman's chest is the last thing in the world that I want to see, that needs to be seen, that should be seen, because all opinions are valid, but some of them are just not worth voicing in certain places. So if someone said, the last thing in the world I want to see right now are superheroes with swastikas or SS on them. I 100% understand that. And I feel like I, there, if, if there's one thing I will never give a writer credit for, it is saying Nazis are bad. Because this isn't the show was not about neo Nazism. It, it would like this this I don't think this crossover was about asking questions that are specifically about what is happening right now in the world. These were black leather wearing Nazis. This was the nineteen forties SS that never updated their wardrobes, that just got more sci fi, if anything. Like they are putting people in camps. Yes, that is, you know, that's bad. Like every everyone, I, if you think that isn't bad, I can't help you. So I think that there is a line where I have to remind myself that this was a crossover built around them fighting evil versions of themselves, like again. And the reason that it was made political or the reason that it was made any int- any more interesting at all was they made them Nazis, and they said these are the heroes from a world co- conquered by Nazis. And that's cool, and I like that that can start a conversation, and maybe some people really just need their heroes saying Nazis suck, because in their personal experience, that is like an elixir, and I dig that a lot, and I hope they got that out of it. But I am not going to uh, applaud a writer for saying this bad version will be really a lot better if I put a swastika on their chest and then everyone will know they're bad. Like, I, I just think there is a... If this episode was really about the rise of fascism and neo-Nazi thinking that can seep into white America, I would be shocked that Arrow, <laughs> that these producers had anything to do with it. And instead we got... You know, this is Indiana Jones, but superheroes. And that's good. I'm not saying that's bad, but I understand a person saying that there is not enough value or integrity or relevance there for it to overcome just the discomfort of seeing my heroes talking about the Fuhrer and talking about the filth of humanity or the Reich. Like, I, I, I get it. I think this is why we need to talk about this stuff. And I'm saying all of this, all of this as a Canadian. So... Maybe it's just like where I am saying Nazis are bad is no longer like a headline, but I understand and empathize with the places where it is. I, it's, well, horrible, but I don't I, know. As I'm from Canada, I feel like it's still relevant and needed to be said. I love that so much of Quiver, the podcast, has uh, seeped into this episode of the crossover for the DC TV podcast. And yes. I just want to, I mean, people don't, uh, people don't watch Arrow that much. But I, the reason I say you start with Spectre of the Gun is because uh, the Arrow writers very much know what's going on in the state of the yeah. world. And they talk about it and they name it. And that, like, that whole episode is about gun laws in the United States. And and to say that they don't know what they're doing, I think, is a little bit 
um, I think they very much know what they're doing. Um, whether or not people feel like that was the right choice for them to make, that's that's part of this conversation and that's what we've been having. Um, but I, I do just want to sort of counter that a little bit and say that I think there's a real power in naming something on a network television show that airs in the United States, not only one of them, but four of them that have superheroes on them. I think it gives a lot, even whether it's, it's about it directly or not. And I, I would say that it is more about it directly than it is not. Um, Cause that's what science fiction television does. I think that the writer's, do know what they're doing but it's it's all well it leaves it it is good that it leaves that open i guess for discussion if people want to come at it different angles but that's just from i mean the the one thing that arrow does have value in is that if people listen to quiver they know that mike and i talk a lot about political stuff on that podcast and it comes from something that we see on screen and i think that that's really important to spark those mm-hmm. conversations so yeah well, I, since we, I mean, we've gone for over two hours, we have to definitely start wrapping up. Uh, I, I will say this when it comes to it, because I, I know pe- a lot of people send in fin- feedback and so on. I think what we will do is we will have them read on maybe, you know, like after the mid-season finale episodes, because I know some of us are going to do winter, you know, Christmas episodes and stuff like that. So we will read them, them and so on. But um, I, before we start, you know, wrapping this all up, um, any over, you know, brief thoughts on oh, the story as a whole? If you had any favorite moments and uh, what your wishes are for the next year for next year's crossover, I'll I'll, I'll jump in first. Like I said, uh, the Stein stuff was was awesome. I thought it was just so well done. Um, I did love the production value um, <clears throat> from you know creating new characters like the Ray. Uh, bringing back some characters with redesigns like like uh, Citizen Cold and uh, Red Tornado. And then just the world that they created, um, the fact that they used all these familiar locations that anybody who watches these shows has seen a million times, but making them um, look new, especially when we were on Earth-X, I, I, thought, I thought was just so well done. So overall, I, I really feel like they knocked it out of the park. Crisis on Earth X is one of my favorite movies from this year. Like, like beyond it being a crossover of the TV shows that I enjoy watching sometimes for the most part. Um, I've seen a lot of really cool movies this year. And if I can put all four episodes of this together, um, then I look at that as, as a movie as well. And, uh, and like I said earlier, the, the disappointment with justice league uh, DC as a as a corporate conglomerate has made up for that disappointment by just obliterating my expectations with with this this crossover um, and uh, and the most important part of all of that as I said before is Sarah and Alex uh, now the the most important Arrowverse ship that I have. Um, and if I have one expectation, one thing that I hope I can see in the next crossover, it's more interaction between those characters. Let's let's see them on screen again, whether they've both moved on into new relationships or they can have another fling and it can just be a thing where they, you know, they can make a joke about, like, ah, well, we're on each, when we're on each other's earths, it doesn't count. Right. Like just something fun like that. I love those characters <laughs> together and I want to see more of that. Um and uh, and that's that's basically it for me. I, I loved it. I had a lot of fun. I also was very thought provoking, and it was um, really resonant um, emotionally for me. So it just it, it it hit every note it could and should, and it hit them all really well. So 
So I, I'm happy. I'm I'm happier than I have been with the Arrowverse in a really long time. So that, that's a that to me is a net positive. I'm excited to go into next week of Arrow. I'm excited to get caught up on Legends and Supergirl. Um, and uh, and and that's kind of the point. That's the point of the crossover is to remind you that like ah, at the end of the day, you like these shows. It's better <laughs> than watching paint dry. That's for sure. So. <laughs> You know, like, like you could spend your time doing a lot of different stuff, and and I think we all choose to spend our time watching these shows, amongst other things. And uh, and for me, it it makes me go, well, you know, I could be spending my time in a worse way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Amanda, uh, I actually, as much as we sort of talked about the the hatred of Felicity, I liked that Felicity had something to do in this crossover. That was one of my biggest things that I was worried about is that they're just putting her there because as somebody mentioned in the, um, in the comments as well, like the thing that we liked about, um, or in, uh, that taking a minor character to be a major character is like that, um, the guy in, uh, uh, heroes that was like, everybody sort of liked him when he was a minor character and then you make him a major character and nobody likes them anymore. Um, is the thing that happens with Felicity as well. Striker Slade, whatever his name was, the Spock in, 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 uh, heroes. But anyways, um, so that's always been my complaint with Felicity is when you make her large, she has less to do. The reason we like her is because she's supporting of other people. And I think that this, show this crossover allowed us to get out of the felicity show that is arrow and into the place where she shines best and that is helping other people do things um that that they need to do so her being able to actually help with the ships uh the the ship's shields and and be functional and uh her and iris sort of unsuccessfully but successfully taking down some nazis together there there were little things that i think got overlooked and also uh, we talk about this uh sometimes we do crossovers with the ladies of the dc tv universe i love seeing all the ladies because sometimes we don't get to see all the ladies working together on arrow and so the fact that there was lots of awesome ladies kicking butt in this crossover made me very very happy because that is something that we need a little bit more of on arrow and it's great to see that there's ladies working strong on on Legends and obviously Supergirl doing a great uh, job of representation uh, for, for, for kick-ass uh, chicks all over the place. So I like that. I like them all coming together and working together and, and a little bit of hero overload, but I was I was fine with that. I got what I wanted out of it and more so. Rebecca? Yeah, I really liked seeing all these characters interact, and I think everybody got something to do. I was pleasantly surprised to see... Guardian, uh, Guardian. That was the first Guardian we'd actually gotten all season for Supergirl. Uh, so that that was a big surprise. Uh, Guardian and Win. I was also very surprised by Win being uh, the the leader of the Freedom Fighters. That was pretty cool. So I liked getting to see all the characters have something to do. I would echo what um, has been said about you know even the ladies get something to do. Even like Iris and Felicity. That was. Really well done. And I think for me, probably my favorite moment in all of the four shows was Kara being strapped to the table and Reverse Flash is going to, to uh, knife out her heart, cut out her heart. And the the Atom comes in with the save. Tiny tiny little Ray Palmer came in with the save. And I thought that, that was awesome because that was a, it was a former Superman saving Supergirl. I thought that was really cool. So I, I, I thought they did a great job in, in how they executed all, all four episodes, even though I was unhappy with the ending. Uh, I thought it looked great. Uh, they had some good acting, uh, very uh, serious story with some lighthearted fun moments. So, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought they did a great job this year. Brittany? 
Yeah, I, I, I was. I think I, my favorite, one of my favorite parts of this crossover was Mick. Like every single thing he did just made me laugh, and I just really, I feel like he sometimes is like an underappreciated character, and I just wanted to give him a shout out because I feel like there was so many times, like the time he like went up behind Caitlyn and was like boo and like tried to scare her into becoming Killer Frost. Like just little, I like the little moments. Like the fighting is great, and like yes, this. Like, I mean, just the planning that goes into making these things happen, obviously, is incredibly impressive. But, like, my favorite parts are always just, like, them goofing around. Or, like, when Zari made a Terminator reference and Cisco was like, yo, like, someone who's, like, make... Or not Terminator. She made something else. Someone made... Um, I think Iris Dino. made a Terminator reference. But Dino someone, made a, refer- oh, Dino yeah. a reference. Cisco oh, yeah. Dino made a reference. Yeah. And, like, just, like, little times when they're just, like, all hanging out and just getting along is always just super sweet. And, I mean, I don't know how they're going to top this crossover, but my pitch is to just do an all-ladies crossover, but, like, bring every Like, I want Thea. Like, I need to have yes. Jesse Quick come back. Like, I just want an all-ladies crossover. Linda Park. Where they're just, like, like, I just want, like, Birds of Prey, basically, is what I want for next year. Like, it's, like, Oliver goes, like, Barry's, like, I'm just gonna go hang out with Oliver and, like, watch a movie, and then, like, the, then something happens, like, while they're, like, in the movie, and they turn their phones off, and then the girls just, like, have to save the world. I'm getting for it, I mean, I know we, we won't, I know we won't get it, but I would be, I would be getting for it. Totally, and we didn't talk about Killer Frost being as awesome as she is, I think, oh, as much as yes, we should have on this podcast. Say. Killer Frost. She was so good. Oh, my gosh, I really, Yeah. I, I was gonna say that, and then I was thinking of something else, and forgot. But yes, kill like the scene when she builds like the ice bridge and like zooms with like Amaya and Zari up to the the evil wave rider was just like oh so awesome. And Andrew, uh, well, you guys were talking about Plastique and Smallville, but the best part of this was Jessica Parker Kennedy as mysterious offspring from the future. Uh, I know her from like four seasons as like one of the best parts of Black Sails. So to see her just get to smile and be happy. And uh, I mean, that, that I don't know of any other character that has made as memorable and heartwarming an impression in probably 30 seconds of screen time uh, in any of these shows. So uh, that made the entire thing worth it for me. All of the stuff was bonus. I wish I could have gone to that wedding. Uh, I would also suddenly know that like 11 people are superheroes. And their civilian identities. That they would be mind rad. wiped everybody. It's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mind wipe. Everyone was lying. We know you can't keep a secret that big. Moon landing people. Uh, but the yeah, moon. no, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I thought that. Uh, uh, I mean, I think that it's always going to be the challenge to kind of walk the line between the fan service and fun of these kinds of things and a story that really stands on its own as something ideally that that can be better or, or more than the some of its parts uh and that is a huge challenge and i like seeing that it appears that like from everyone involved in these shows they're making their best effort to do that and a lot of other shows do not and a lot of other movies do not so it's awesome i like seeing how many people enjoyed it so much and it was like the high point of a lot of weeks and that is wicked yeah, I mean, people may not believe this, but like this is definitely my favorite crossover of all of all of them that we've had so far. Uh, yes, I may I may have had some more issues with it than the previous ones, but I, you know, this was I mean this this felt epic on a large scale, and I, 
I mean, they worked for almost six weeks on this crossover, I believe, and and there's a lot of people involved with that, and that's definitely not an easy task to do. So, you know, big shout out to everyone, like on not just the actors and writers and producers who are all involved with this, but you know, everyone who works on set, and it's like it's like creating, having to create all those props and all the you know visual effects people. Like it's it's a huge t- you know has to to deal with. So, um, yeah, I I I you know it was large, it was big, and I I think it's you know I I don't know where to I mean. We will see where they go next year, but I no I I don't know if I had favorite moments. It's because there were so many of them. I that super I, speed joke. I mean that that's got to be one of the best jokes. That, yeah, entire. I like yeah I like the moments where we get the Trinity of the DCV universe. Just like those three. Like I I always think that's kind of funny. Um, and just you know just because I mean uh, I don't know. Like, I think it allows Oliver to be a little bit funny whenever he is just with Baron and and Kara. So I dig that. Uh, um. But yeah, no, I, I look forward to see what they will do next year. Um, uh, unless I haven't explored again. Again, listeners and my fellow co I am so sorry. I just, I had to get it out there. And that's what we do. That's why we do podcasts, uh, to be, you know, talk about them, be critical and whatnot. Maybe in some cases I could be nicer, but you know what? I, I've been throwing shade at error for the last two years. So, you know, why stuff? Um, but, you know, you know, they've done this. They, you know, they've done the Nazi thing now. They've gotten these two people, you know, couples married. Now we can get something different. And, you know, and I think now that they know how to deal with really doing um, a true, you know, four show cross that it feels like a, you know, a whole event. They have the structure now. Now they can, you know, fo- focus more on the story for next season. But, um, yeah, anything else, anything else you guys want to say before we wrap this up? That covers most of it. God, we talked for two and a half hours. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry this got so long, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, this was a long crossover, you know, and hopefully next yeah. year, everyone who wasn't able to be here, you know, comes together with you guys, and you know, hopefully we'll, you know, we will, you know, figure this out. Um, but uh, but yeah, guys, thank you guys, everyone in the live. I mean, we, I think this is the most people we've had in the live ch- chat since maybe our first, you know, since um, I think maybe the first, um, you know, either the first shared. That we did them, but yeah, guys. If you get, I mean, we, we're gonna try to do more. Um, what's it called? More live shows and stuff like that in the future. So, but yeah, just you know, keep tuning in. Let us know, and uh, we will keep doing it. But uh, that's gonna be it, and for the, for this major <laughs> for the major crossover event, uh, this this will be posted on all the podcast feeds, and um, yeah, and you know, next week we have all the season finales. So. Um, yeah, and we're you know, and you guys. I mean, I'm gonna put in all the plugs for all the podcasts, so that way we don't have to do 20 minutes of plugs because that will be a long thing. But um, but yeah, guys, if you wanna say goodbye to the listeners, I will play us out. Bye. Yeah, thanks awesome. Thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, yeah. thanks for coming yeah. by the show. <laughs> Stay shower barrelhead. Sarah, hit that. <laughs> <laughs>